This podcast is sponsored by JList.com. On JList.com, you can shop from a constantly evolving catalog of anime merchandise, such as toys and books, Japanese snacks, anime computer games, and so much more. Support this podcast and visit JList.com for all your anime shopping needs. Hey guys, Mitsugi here. I want to give a quick apology before the episode starts. During the recording, my laptop had a major meltdown, and so about the first half of this episode's audio was stripped out of YouTube, so you may notice that the audio quality may be a little bit different in the first half of the episode compared to the second half. I hope it won't bother you guys too much. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Ciao, you are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. Hello and welcome to the 256th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Whether you're listening live or whether you're listening from the comfort of your home or your car or wherever you are, thank you for tuning in with us. It's very nice to have you. I am your host Mitsugi and I am joined by two men. One of them is in Japan and his name is Cram. What up everybody, it's good to be back. Thanks for having me after, I guess, six weeks to two months, something like that. Cram. I can't tell you how much I missed you. I just want to give you a hug. I missed you too. Did you really? I wish Cheeky was also here. I wish Cheeky was here too. Yeah. But while Cheeky is at a (laughs) corporate dinner party. Oh, I see him, yeah. Quiet. Oh, we have another voice with us. Who's that? His name is Kazuo. So what's up, Kazuo? Oh, what is up, everybody? It is good to be here. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Want to talk about some anime? I'm... I'm lit, I'm fit, and I sure as hell ain't taking no shit. Uh, yeah, okay. Kazo, I'm, Kazo I'm, is really that. Cho-Genki right now. Yeah? Cho-Genki. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, Cram, I know it's been a while since you've been with us, but what is the mission of this podcast? Do you remember? I, I believe it's to make your anime addiction worse. You know what? I, you know, I'm so, I'm touched inside that you remember. So much worse. all this time. Are, are, you, are you touched inside I am, by I, me? Yes. What, not deeply, the first time. Deeply. What did we say about Cram not being inside people anymore? Okay, anyway. <laughs> this is not. <laughs> so you can find us on our website, www.aaapodcast.com. I also recommend that you check out iTunes because you can subscribe on there and get all the new episodes as they are released. I think that um, it's very usually very entertaining for people to follow us on Facebook and on our Twitter, which is at aaapodcast. But we're also at AAAKazuo. Oh, snap. Yeah, that's and, mine. Uh, and Cram, you have some uh, some Twitter handles too, right? Yeah, you can find my personal Twitter at uh, Dusty Cram Cram, and my podcast is at Popcorn Poops. And, and for the record, it's not Triple A Kazuo, it's AAA Kazuo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to look up Triple gotcha. A Kazuo and be like, who's this? And uh, of course, we're live on YouTube every Saturday, Saturday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but also that is uh, 2.30 a.m. GMT. But starting in the new year, that's January 2015, we're going to be moving to a more manageable time for everybody. Um, 4 p.m. on Sundays, which is 9 p.m. GMT. So all of you international listeners can rejoice. Um, I think I hope you guys uh, 
have, find it easier to tune in. So, uh, so Cram, I know you've been really busy with uh, with some of your own projects and with uh, some Japanese learning tests and things like that. So, what's been going yeah. on with you? I uh, I took the JLPT N two for the third time uh, last Sunday, dun, and I I I don't I don't like I, I don't want to jinx myself, but I think I might have passed. Okay, maybe. Okay. So I'll, fingers crossed. I'll cross my fingers for you. Crossing them right yeah. now. It was brutal as always, but I'm pretty confident that uh, I did. I did. I certainly did better than I've done before. Man, that's uh. Well, I I, I thought that the I thought that N four was pretty tough, so <laughs> I can't imagine yeah. what N two is like. But um, it, it, it's hard. <laughs> so how about popcorn poops? What what you got going on over there? Yeah, popcorn poops is is going really well. Uh, you guys can find us at uh, popcornpoops.com, and you can follow us on Facebook and like us on Twitter and all that good stuff. Um, but I wanted to to make an announcement, uh, like an exclusive announcement for oh, the shit. AAA podcast. This so stuff right here. You ready for AAA this? This is exclusive. this is intense stuff. Uh, starting in January. Uh, my podcast, The Popcorn Poops, is going to start doing monthly themes. So uh, like we did for October, we did Halloween or horror movies. And for December, we're doing holiday movies, Christmas movies, things like that. Starting in January, that's going to happen every single month. So uh, send in suggestions for like what kind of themes you would like to see. The crazier, the better, like really weird stuff. Like, uh, I don't know, Harrison Ford movies where he works for the government. Like that would be a cool theme. And we'll do like mm. a few movies of that throughout the month. But starting in January, our... January theme is going to be video game movies. So <laughs> that's going to be interesting. How, and then uh, I got one sports yep. movies in which in which Kevin Costner is a main character. Oh, that's that's oh. great. I, I think there have been at least like four of there's those. Like, so. There's like eight of them. Yeah, yeah, that would that would that's perfect. So yeah, whatever theme you you pick, <laughs> whatever theme you suggest, make sure that there's like at least four or five movies because we need to fill out the month. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to tell you what movies we're going to do. So you're going to have to follow us on on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and just listen to the show. And you know, stay tuned because it's it's exciting. It's going to be fun. So uh, yeah, check us out. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Bull Durham for the love of the game. Tin Cup, and um, we need one more. Uh, Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams, yep. wonderful. That's great. Yep. And this seemed, those are all almost all baseball movies. Also, Waterworld. Mm. Is that a sports movie? Yeah, we and, and the Postman. Yeah, they're all, yeah, it's just all sports. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay, so we have a five star review uh, from iTunes, submitted by Planeswalker PT. He writes, he or she writes, this podcast is amazing. The hosts of the AAA podcast put a lot of work, time, and effort into every episode to get current news and new topics for each show. I have been a listener since episode one. Wow. wow. That is crazy. And look forward to every episode. Not only am I an anime addict, I am also a AAA addict. So if you are looking for a podcast about anime, you can't get better than this one. Wow. That means you've been listening for more than five years. Since episode one, and yet he's he or she is just now writing a five-star review. <laughs> you know what? It's Getting around to it is all that matters. Yeah. You know, And we appreciate that. All right. Let me, let me blaze through the rest of this so we can get to the mailbags. Uh, we had some new forum members. Uh, Kazuo, you should be very happy. Yes, I am. At long last, after many weeks of waiting and pleading and begging and uh, and cheating and and bribing, your mom has joined the forum. Boom, shakalaka. And uh, although I am told that it's not Brandon from, yeah. who called in on our who, who called in imposter. on the last show. Um, also, we have Henshin All Night, uh, Neo Kai Zaints, and Rainbow Warrior. So. Of course, my pick of the week is your mom. Of course. <laughs> Just of course saying it, it is awesome. How weird would it be if your mom actually did sign up for a forum account? <laughs> my mom? 
Yes, your mom. Wow, that would be... Well, I, I, I do know, I personally know that my mother knows that I do this podcast. And even though she lives many, many miles away, she, she has told me that occasionally she jumps into and watches part of our live broadcasts. So, oh, that's so sweet. Amongst the live audience right now, you might be amongst Mitsugi's mother. What? Whoa. I'm sure she signed up for a, for a forum account, whether well, or not she's active. I don't know, but yeah. someone out. Watch what you say about Mitsugi. Mama Mitsugi is out there. Okay, so um, trivia. I'm really sorry. Chiaki has not been around all day, so I could not like crack the whip on her to update the trivia for the for this next coming week yet. So the the next trivia answer is still outdated, but the correct answer for this week was Shakugan no Shana. So um, that is a, I guess a magical girl anime. I haven't really watched it, but uh, the theme was magic circles. Cram, I have no idea how these people can can look at a magic circle that's just like doesn't even have a character in it. It's just like, you know, a blue or a pink glyph on the ground. And <laughs> you got 30 people know it. I don't know how this is possible. Dude, it's nerds. It's just nerds. That's how nerds are, man. I, I can yeah, sympathize man. with that. Um, anyway, the correct answers this week were your mom. Of course. Astrophysics, Baki Ichigo, Opai for Senpai, Isno Tri, Shake a Spear, Jabberwocky X, Cyber Dude, Dente the White Mage. Shikakage, Icy Rose, David the Demon, Midori, One Half, Ranma, and uh, Porky's Butthole. So, last but not least. Yeah. And uh, the winner for the, for the week was your mom. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, but um, the winner for the month was Dente the White Mage. So, Ding, ding, ding. What do we have for Johnny? We have been contacted via the forum about what glorious prize you will be receiving from JList.com. You will premiere online anime merchandise store. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, so I, I don't know what the theme for the, for the new uh, trivia is, but I, I'm going to push Chiaki to do like, a, like, an, like an audio, like maybe like a two-second audio clip, and you got to figure out what it's from. She should do Kevin Costner movies. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I? You know what I do? I do like Kevin Costner quite a lot. He gets a lot of shit, but I like him. So, all right. So, I think it's time for our mailbags. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 M -m -m mailbag. Bag, bag, bag. I had to do that dance with just by myself. So, uh, Cram, you may not know this, but we have developed a mailbag dance that Chiaki and Kazuo have been doing. Oh, really? Unfortunately, I've taken it, up, taken it upon myself to proactively not learn the dance. <laughs> and so, Kazuo is feeling very lonely right now. So, who, who, who choreographed this thing? I don't know. It, yeah. just, it just came to be. There was no... Oh, it's just like, it, yeah. just, it like kind of came naturally? Absolutely. Yeah, you just right. feel, you feel the music. You feel the rhythm. And yeah. go with it. It came via like, via divinity and divinity. a ride like, in our hands. <laughs> like improvisational dance? Oh, that's yeah, great. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff. Exactly. All right, so we have, uh, I threw a couple extra mailbags in here, and, and this first one is almost specifically for Cram. But if you would like to submit a mailbag question, you can do it on our website, www.aaapodcast.com. Uh, there's a button on the top <laughs> that says mailbag. We're not, we're not that far behind. You have to wait a while, but we, uh, we, we're catching up. So, Cram, uh, you want to read this first one because it's basically for you. Sure. This comes from Geo or Geo, if you're pronouncing it like 
Japanese would. Uh, I just finished the Kill la Kill OVA, and at the end there is a scene where Satsuki Kiryuin does the symbolic haircutting thing. Cram is a big fan of Kill la Kill, and in a previous episode he talked about how symbolic female haircutting really sticks in his craw. Has this or anything else from the OVA changed your opinion of the show for better or worse? Uh, I, I have not seen the OVA yet. Uh, it's not available legally at all yet. Uh-huh. And, really? and I haven't, and I haven't, you know, gone to its dia or wherever you can find it. I guess, I, I, I guess it's on Blu-ray. I'm not even sure. Like the, the show is just so kind of like, it's, it's wonderfully, uh, standalone to me that I don't really need anything else, but yeah, yeah eventually I'll get around to seeing it. Uh, to answer the question, context is everything. And even though I haven't seen the OVA, I would have to see the context in which she cuts her hair uh, in order to be irritated or not by it. But yes, generally, I feel that uh, female haircutting is a trope that is used. uh, Basically, it's a thinly veiled way to say that in order for a female to become stronger, she has to be less less feminine and become more masculine. And I think that's wrong and and problematic. So I would have to see. Let's test this. Ready, Cram? Yeah. Final Fantasy IX, Princess Garnet. Cuts her hair with a with a dagger, nay, yeah. yay or nay. Um, well, there, there's a little bit of extra context in there because she's also disguising herself uh, oh. because she doesn't want to be recognized. She also changes her name at that point. Yeah. Um, but Fairly dumb name, but yeah, I, I I don't I don't know that that symbolizes her gaining strength so much as disguising herself. So there's some extra context there. But uh, uh, here's an example of one that I I don't like so much uh, in. Uh, now and then, here and there, when Lala Rue cuts her hair after be- spoilers for no, now and no, then, here Sarah, and there. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Oh, it's Sarah. Sarah. That's right. It's Sarah. Uh, when Sarah is uh, raped by the guard well, she, and she well, kills him brutally. Well, well she, I, she I don't know. Maybe well, she, almost. She's she's been raped many times up up, up until that point already. So. Sure. Okay, okay, so she kills the guard and then she goes outside and, you know, she's changed. So she cuts her hair in the moonlight and symbolizes that she's a stronger person. That's kind of problematic. To okay, me, so, but, nay, so nay on that one. Now, yep. in, now, in Akatsuki no Yona, which is a new show that maybe, maybe you're not following, I don't know. But um, in one of the episodes, the, a soldier is, is grabbing the princess by her hair and it's very long. And he's like yanking her around by it. And she and just she kind cuts of cuts it to get away. She whips around and inadvertently cuts her hair with the sword. And makes it in her hair. She she's able to get away because of that, but her hair becomes short. Sakura did the same thing in Naruto. Yay or nay? Uh, it's. I mean, it sounds like there's some extra context there. Like I, I think in general, when it's used as a codified way to say the female is becoming stronger by be- being less feminine, I think that's where the problem comes from. So if that's the feeling that you get from it, then I think that's where the problem is. Okay. So. Well, well, maybe we'll come back and re- revisit this this thought when the uh, when and if you watch the OVA see, to, to Kill a Kill. See, I went and got a haircut today. Did you? And I got to tell you, after getting that haircut, I feel stronger. Feel more more manly. Feel more, feel more manly. So can a dude go get like really long hair extensions? Is that and a, then he and feels and more and feminine? He becomes feminine. Is that the same thing? Uh, <laughs> if he wants to feel more feminine and that helps, then sure, more power to him. All right, let's move on to the next <laughs> mailbag. Uh, Kazo, you haven't read any, any anything yet. Why don't you read this no. one? It's pretty long. Okay, let's see. We've got a mailbag written in from Baka Baka Bacchus. Sorry, Baka Baka Bacchus. Bacchus. Ah, that's hard to say. It says, it. hello, I'm a longtime listener, but have never interacted with the show. Now my work schedule has changed and I can watch the live, watch the show live and intend to join the, ca- the chat soon. Anyway, I was curious about your show focusing on Studio Bones. Yeah. There was no mention of Sword of the Stranger. Was this because you were only looking at their series or because you haven't heard of it? 
Sword of the Stranger is the best samurai anime I've seen since Samurai X, which I agree is a masterpiece. The story to Sword of the Stranger is well-crafted and touching. The music will stick in your head for years, but the action is where it really shines. The fight scenes, while being a little over the top, are both elegant and brutally realistic. Thanks for your time. Um, of course, I think we've all heard of Sword of the Stranger. Yes, I've seen it. I have. Well, I don't think I have it anymore. I had it on Blu-ray. Uh, have you seen it, Cram? I have. Um, my thought is that um, I think it's a great action movie that has an extremely ridiculously high budget. The animation is, is crazy good. Absolutely. Um, the fight scenes are well, well choreographed. Um, there's little I can say about it that you know is negative. I guess I think it does. I think it's a very good you know summertime movie film. Yeah. For some reason though, it just didn't stick. Like stick around for a while. Like it was. I remember when it first came out, it was you know kind of a big deal because it was you know so beautiful and you know it was in high definition on Blu-ray and stuff like that. But just didn't stick around. Anyway, we didn't mention it just probably because it, it just slipped our minds. You know, Bones has done a lot of stuff, but um. Um, I also think that, uh, the guardian of the sacred spirit is also ridiculously good. Maybe even better than sort of the stranger. And I think that's samurai period type of uh, stuff. So you might like that. Um, Seide no Muribito is also an excellent anime. Um, anything else you guys? No, I think pretty much covers it. Okay. So this next one, I'll read it, man. It's long. It's from Ulrich, uh, Ulrich Wolf. And he says, greetings from Chile, Scandinavia, AAA team. Props for the, ex for the excellent show. My younger brother introduced me to the podcast, and it has really helped me alleviate boredom over the past decade, of, uh, over the past couple of months. I'm a lieutenant in the Danish Huntsman Corps. Whoa. Sp Danish Huntsman? Danish that Huntsman cool. Corps, special operations branch, and I was recently tasked with visiting the... Japan grounds self-defense forces for some NCO uh, candidate training and tactics demonstrations. Basically, I was a military exchange student. I've thought about anime. I've been an anime fan for a while, and of course, visiting Japan was, was very exciting, though I had limited time off base. My question to you is, is the Japanese military at all visible in the daily Japanese life? Ever, have you ever seen any off-duty soldiers or military walking about or catching a train? Is a Japanese career, is a military career something Japanese youth even considers? Thanks for your time. Have a great day. That's a great question. Heidi, what do you think, Cram? Um, I, I've, I've never seen soldiers like out and about walking around in uniform. Uh, generally, if you're wearing the uniform, that means you're on duty and you're probably on base or something. But if you're not on duty and you're not on base, you're not wearing the uniform. I think that's just how they kind of do things. Uh, every once in a while, you'll see a, a Japanese military helicopter or like one of those big trucks that have like canvas coverings and stuff like that. Every once in a while, you'll see one. Um, but mostly like the, 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 you know, the presence of the Japanese military that I see in day-to-day -day life is uh, recruitment posters that feature... Uh, three Moe girls that oh represent each branch of the Japanese military. Jeez. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Japan. I, I tweeted a picture of it a while back, like months ago. But yeah, it popped up in my train station. I was like, this is the most Japanese thing I've ever seen. Were, it's, they, were they at least tough-looking Moe girls? Did they, no, what? Did they, have like, no. did they have like armor and guns? No, not at all. <laughs> they just had... 
they just had they were like jumping through the air and they had they each had the like the the uniform for each branch so let me ask you guys what exactly does the japanese defense force do i i think it's like our i think it's like our national guard isn't that about right yeah basically okay. like they like they, it's not like they don't have weapons or anything like uh i guess the most recent example that i can think of of them having to prepare for something was when north korea was getting all shitty and saying that they're going to start launching like missiles over japan and stuff like that uh the the military the japanese military prepared to put like anti-aerial uh uh you know defense missile thingies in the middle of Tokyo. Uh, and I, I know that that was going to be a thing. They were going to have to shut down traffic and bring these big, this big artillery, uh, artillery out in the middle of the street in different places in Tokyo to you know, protect the city if there were some missiles that were flying over. So that's the last thing that I can remember they did. But yeah, they, I mean, they're not a standing military. That's actually something that Abe wants for Japan, but uh -huh. I don't know how that's feasible right yeah. now. Uh, Ger Gerard uh, Persinger in the chat says, Girls in the Panzer. I, I guess it, that's uh. I think it's just Jared, Gerard, Jared, Gerard. 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 Leave me alone. So um, my my thought is that the Japanese military don't really have a, a big presence in Japan. Probably even less though than than, than what the U.S. military have, especially in certain regions. But um, I think that might change soon. I I know that they're about to re-elect the prime minister Abe. Um, I think that election happens tomorrow. Um, yep, uh, they've been waking me up with their dumb sound trucks early every single morning. And um, to mind, from what I've heard off of like news websites and from Chiaki and stuff, and from and from some friends that we're still in contact with back in Japan, they think that Abe is going to win. And um, it's not that they like Abe; he just you know he just led Japan into another recession. Uh, but I guess the, the the party that came before him did something even more horrible, and so they they feel like they're going to reelect him just because. It's like the lesser of two evils, I guess. Yeah, they, they don't elect people. They elect parties, and whoever's the chairman of the party just is, becomes the prime minister by default. So, yeah, <clears throat> basically, um, that's probably what's going to happen. I, I, think, we, I think Abe is Liberal Democratic, Liberal Democratic Party, and the other is the Democratic Party. I say we get crammed to run. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah anyway, so, uh, um, but the po my, my point was that when he is reelected, if he if he is reelected, one of the things he wants to do is is revise Japan's constitution so that Japan can, amongst other things, develop a military force. And this is a big hot topic button right now in Japan, because I think that there's a lot of different types of people that that care for and don't care for having a military. You know, depending on what generation you're from or your or what walk of life you're in. So. It's a big, it's a big, big point of debate, much like the nuclear power debates that were going down, you know, three years ago. So that's probably the biggest thing going on in Japan politically, I would guess. But I, I, I did have a side note. I thought, how is a, how does a country in a recession that has the world's, the, the, the world's largest national debt to GDP ratio afford to build a military? Like you have no money, you have debt up to your eyeballs, and now you're going to drop like a hundred billion into a military. How's that happen? I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not they're going to have to wait for the economy to recover, yeah. but it Ab will. The, econ Abe, the economy is going to bounce back. Abe's been doing a lot of things that <laughs> seem to be counterintuitive. Man, Japan's economy has been like stagnant for like twenty years. It's like he wanted people to spend more money, so he raised the taxes. It's like what? That's not going to work. Anyway, <laughs> we have a couple more mailbags, and I think one of these isn't really a question. Um, would you like to read the next one, Cram? 
Uh, yeah, I could if I can get to it. Uh, so the next one comes from Mar- Mariner Burt. And Mariner Burt says, not a question, but a correction. In episode 246, both Mitsugi and Kazuo said Naushika was their favorite Studio Ghibli film. That is incorrect. As per the wiki, while Naushika of the Valley of the Wind is often considered a Studio Ghibli film, it was produced and released before the studio's official founding. It is a Miyazaki film. You just, you guys you, got well actually super hard. You, you were supposed to read that in your in your most uh, your nerdiest voice possible. Where does the quote start? Wait a second, While Naushika of the Valley of the Wind is often considered a Studio Ghibli film, which was produced and released before the studio's official founding. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i love it uh, that's awesome oh, that's gonna be our opening for the next episode for sure <laughs> <laughs> but um i mean come on i think that i think i guess i just expect that people know that we just kind of lump you know that movie along with the other films because they because they because it came right before the others and is a miyazaki movie so i mean it's got like half the staff and the same time period it, it, whatever Fine. It's fine. fine. Like I, I have the Blu-ray collection, and on the spine of Naushka, it says Studio Ghibli, just like the others. So whatever, you know. It's... Yeah. Well, maybe it wasn't produced by Studio Ghibli originally, but they own the rights to it now. So yeah, one way or the other. Um, the last mailbag comes from Yotaru Vegeta. What do you think? I got you, you got this one, Cosmo. Of course. I, I zoomed in on my document so I can see it now. I think I'm going blind. Uh, so Yotaro Vegeta writes, who is your favorite working stiff? You know, the director who's only done episodes but hasn't taken the reins of their own production. Space Dandy, for example, is full of these people. That is a very difficult question. <laughs> it's it's, I don't, it's, it's a, like, who's, who is your favorite director that, you, that no one knows about? <laughs> You're like, what? He's not even asking for the director. He wants like or, middle, yeah. like middle level people, like screenplay writers and 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 key animators and stuff. Did oh you, my god, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I'm not that well versed. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, people. Can, I, I struggle to remember like what I ate for your breakfast <laughs> this morning, and it's so like you know, and I sometimes struggle with characters' names and the shows we review. And even the directors of anime's names, especially. But to go even further, to be talking about like the, you know, the key animators and the, the script writers, I just, I don't know. I have no answer for you. I'm really sorry. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, it's a good question. Uh, I guess should pay more attention to the middle people that are working on these shows. But yeah, usually don't. Okay, so sorry we we can't answer that question. Um, I don't have a favorite of that. Yeah, so. we, we still love you. Yotaro we do Vegeta. still love you. We do. <laughs> um, but um, so, Cram, did you know that we just did the listener's choice? Oh, really? What, uh, what took it? I've been, I've been kind of following the season a little bit. I'm not watching a whole lot of stuff, but I'm aware of what's out. Okay, well, let me tell you what, what we think the best shows are right now. I'll help okay. you out. Defin- in my personal opinion, the best show is Parasite. That seems to be the consensus. It is frigging incredible, and and especially like it, it it became especially badass. Like once episode seven came, hit, oh my god, just oh my god. Um, also the uh, your lie in April, Shigatsu Akimi no Uso is yeah. Uh, is I heard that's like what is it? Nodame Kantibele or whatever that yeah, show is. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, sort of. Yeah, it's kind okay. of has that romance. But then there's like some piano competitions in it, so there's a little bit of like a little hint of tournament. I don't know. It's very classical, classical music driven, which I think is rare and kind of nice. Um, mm. 
I also I think the Fate anime is good, but I haven't been watching it because like Parasite's so good that you know I'm like I have 20 minutes like to watch anime right now and do I watch Fate? Do I watch the Fate anime or do I watch Parasite? And I always pick, I always <laughs> pick Parasite every time. <laughs> Should um, I go see the live action movie? A Parasite? Yeah. Like, I think it's coming out soon or it's out. Yeah. I, see, I see posters and commercials for it everywhere. I would definitely see it. And you definitely will got, got to see this anime. I mean, it's it's great. Yeah. Um, there's some body horror stuff in it that you might like. I think it's... Oh, it, awesome. It gets really gory around episode 9, 9 and 10. Like, like dozens and dozens of people get, like, dismembered. It's crazy. Mm. Anyway, so getting back to the listener's choice, third place in the poll with 11% of the results was Gurede uh, Kokuri-san. And I don't know what the hell that is, but it lost. So who cares? In second place, with also with eleven percent, was Terraformers, or is that Terraformars? In second place, I heard that show was really bad. Well, I did too, but you know, sometimes people I think vote to make yeah. us watch bad the, stuff. The Terra stands for terrible. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and uh, and in first place, with an overwhelming eighteen percent of the vote, was Amagi Brilliant Park. So, I'm not following that at all. Me neither. I'm, but I will I'm be curious. Soon. Did you guys did you guys pass the trigger on me? No R- world trigger. No, no trigger. The trigger show. It's a uh, what is it? Recently, what is it? Supernatural battles have become commonplace, or something like that. Yes, we passed that. So okay, I'm, cool. I googled Amagi Brilliant Park and just pulled up the images. Every single image is of a girl oh. in a bikini. Oh, you guys just got trolled so Amagi hard. Brilliant Park. God, damn it. <laughs> Amagi Brilliant Park looks like the uh, um, Hugh, Hef- Hugh Hef- I can't talk. Hugh Hefner's mansion. Wow. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, guys. Ah, fantastic. All right, so we're going to move back to our news break. But first, I, gotta make, I, I have to make a quick fantasy football update because we are, still, we, we're, we are deep in the midst of the playoffs for our fantasy football league. Last week, Chianki absolutely demolished her opponent. Um, it was it was a brutal slaughtering. Um, I don't actually have the, the the full results here in front of me, but Chiaki is playing me next week in the semifinal, and I fear it's going to be a it's going to be a uh, the archangels are going to fly into the church of Mitsugi's church and just rip that place to hell, and uh, I will be bleeding from my forehead and from my lip probably. Chiaki's going um, to thrash me. Mitsugi, I ha- I think I think your mother just posted on the Facebook page and said that she is in fact watching. So, Mama Mitsugi <laughs> is among us. Hi, mom. <laughs> okay, now so, you have to behave yourself. Anyway, so Chucky and I are playing each other. The the, the uh, it starts tomorrow, and we'll see. And I'll, and I'll have the results of all of that um, next next for the next podcast episode. And of course, we're going to be heading out to a news break for you guys. We have a very, very Christmas-themed episode. I have no Christmas music, but I have lots of Christmas cheer. Um, I think I think I have some eggnog in the fridge. If you want to, you want to get the oh, eggnog out. Don't tell me that. What? I'm sorry. I have eggnog. Um, oh, so maybe you. we'll get the eggnog out. We're going to be talking about uh, some of the best and worst anime uh, Christmas-themed anime series. We're going to talk about our Christmas, our anime Christmas wish list. Like, what if you could pick one thing from anime that you could have a, in your wish list? Mm. What well, what would it be? And also, we are going to be talking about traditions in Japan, both for Christmas and New Year's. And then we're going to have some maybe some personal anecdotes about our Christmases. Following that, we're going to be doing a review on Owl Haru Ride or Blue Spring Ride. 
So stay tuned, and we'll be back with all that in a couple minutes. everyone, this is Chiaki, and this is your Anime News Break. First up, for those of you who enjoy your Mario Kart, you may have been driving around in a Mercedes-Benz in the game as they've previously collaborated with Nintendo on in-game car models for the Mario Kart 8 game. However, Nintendo is, well, lending its characters back to Mercedes-Benz for their latest series of commercials, Go! Exclamation point, GLA. They feature Mario, Princess Peach, and Luigi in two new Japanese commercials that highlight the cars and, well, the game. You can find them located on YouTube. In other news, a high school in the Yamanashi Prefecture, Uji Yoshida's Uji Kitaryo High School, has allowed students to do something a little bit different, and, well, I think it should be applauded. They're attempting to get their students to re-examine traditional meanings of masculinity and femininity and invited students to participate in, I quote, sex change day. Male and female students could opt to wear one another's uniforms. Now, of course, this was not forced. They were just allowed to. 299 students, 117 boys, and 182 girls chose to wear their peers' uniforms. Those who volunteered to participate received a special lesson on how the change can affect their awareness of their own behavior and those around them, as well as dangers of accepting the norm. So, hats off to you, Fuji Yoshida's Fuji Kikario High School. Hats off to you, indeed. Another news, if you're like me, you're very sad that Ukata Hikaru is, well, on kind of an indefinite hiatus. But there is something coming out for you that might be interesting. It's a new cover album titled Utara Utara no Uta. And what this album is, is it's a, an album featuring Utara's most famous songs as covered by other famous artists. It's going to ship on December 9 and features artists like I, Ayumi Hamasaki, Yasuyuki Okamura, and, well, many more. Even if you're not interested in Hitata Hikaru's music, it's still worth checking out because the team behind the new Evangelion films will be creating a video for the album. Finally, it's past Halloween, but your dog doesn't know that. Yes, I did just say dog. If you happen to have a dog that you enjoy dressing up in cute little costumes, well, Valkyten is selling something that may interest you. You can now have your dog battle nefarious minions and fight evil, looking like Common Rider number one. The, co the dog costume comes complete with a hat that looks like its helmet. If you are more on the evil side, you can dress up like Shocker Combat Man. The costumes run from size extra small to extra large and cost 1,990 yen or just over 17 US dollars. I have just one request. If you happen to buy one of these and dress up your dog in it, please take a picture and post it either on our Facebook or Twitter. This was Shiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. Hey, Mitsugi, did you order those trivia prizes off JList.com yet? I've been meaning to do it at work when I'm not helping people make spreadsheets. 
But the problem is JList.com has so many crazy, awesome adult goods that I'm afraid a nosy coworker might peek over my shoulder and get me in trouble. That's no problem. JList.com has a totally safe for work, non-adult mirror website, JBox.com. It has all the same cool products as JList.com without the naughtiness. JBox.com? Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Why didn't I already know about that? Now I'm never going to get anything done at work. Mitsugi, I think we all know you never did much at work anyway. True. But anyway, for everyone looking for a more safe-for-work or kid-friendly alternative to your premier Japanese and anime merchandise store, jlist.com, make sure to check out jbox.com. Again, that's jbox.com. And we're back to the 256th episode of the Anime Addicts Mamas podcast. While we were gone, Cram, we got eggnog. Uh, you don't sure tell did. me that. I can't get that here. Cheers. I've got to rely. I've got to rely on my wife to make her family recipe of eggnog, which is excellent, but it's not the same as store bought eggnog, which is its own brand of deliciousness. Well, I'll tell you what, Cram. In your honor, I will drink this glass of eggnog for you. Oh, thanks. Thanks a bunch. Every <laughs> time I take a drink of this delicious eggnog here, cheers. Kampai. Uh, I will be thinking of you. And what makes it even more delicious is that we're drinking it out of these awesome Dragon Ball oh, Z yeah. glasses. Oh, yeah. The androids and the Saiyan-themed yes. uh, whiskey glasses. Now, Mitsuki, let me ask you. Who is your favorite android? Um, I like android... Um, I like either Android 18 or 17. I'm going to go with 16. You like the big yellow guy? Yeah. Lame. <laughs> what? I thought he was really... He always played with the birds and stuff. He was really cool. Yeah. I like Android 8. Is that the Frankenstein one? Yeah, Ader. He's the best. Yeah, he was cool. <laughs> All right. So on this episode, we're going to be talking about some anime-themed... Christmas-themed anime. So we're gonna, let's kick it off with that. I think probably the best Christmas-themed anime, and I don't think any of you would disagree, is uh, Tokyo Godfathers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, that's, well, not even, it's not even close. That is, that, is, that is the high bar. For sure. I also wanted to get some of these steaming piles of crap anime out of here, too, So because we got to have bad ones to go with the good ones, right? Of course. Have either of you seen or heard of this, this anime called Itsudate My Santa? I've heard of it. I've never seen it, though. Oh, I have not, but I am Googling it as we speak. I have seen it. An unlucky boy named Santa was born on Christmas Eve. Oh, if boy. That really is unlucky. Uh, I, guess, I guess in Japanese, it would be Santa. So Santa was born on Christmas Eve, whose parents don't even care uh, about meets, uh, whose parents don't even care about him, and he meets a Santa-in-training girl named Mai, she is determined to wish him a the best Christmas he will ever have, and it gets even better when, when they fall in love with each other. Oh, my God. Mai, a Santa in training, appears in front of, a, of an unlucky boy named Santa on Christmas Eve, promising him that she will make him happy for one night. Oh, snap. It's about to get real up in this anime. <laughs> for one night 
All night. Yeah. Ken Akamatsu. Oh yeah. <laughs> Careful. Wait, is this, a, is this a show about is this a show about a girl who wants to bang Santa? <laughs> I've well, seen that show. In, in the sense that that the blood that you love that the young boy is his name is Santa. Santa's first time. Yep. You got it. <laughs> is, that, is that what it is? Recently my yep. Santa is unusual. This is Oh my god, my Santa can't be this, this is, cute. This is written by the same <laughs> This is this is done by Ken Akamatsu, who also did Love Hina and uh, uh Negima and some others. So What's up what's up with him doing all that Christmas stuff? He, does, he there's the Love Hina Christmas special too. He's like the Chris Columbus of anime directors or anime creators, manga writers. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he just loves Christmas. Now, I'm sorry. I don't know if you read it in this and we were reading the synopsis. My is a Santa in training. I, I saw that. What? <laughs> Is that even she, mean? Well, you know, you have that you have that movie Elf with uh with, with Will Ferrell. If he can be an elf in training, my can be a Santa in training. Okay. So what do you guys think makes a good Christmas movie or a good Christmas story? Like uh, what are the elements? Because we've been talking about this on on my podcast, and I want to see what you guys think about that. First, you have to have John McClane. Second, <laughs> okay. All right. Have, All right. Fair. <laughs> the Nakamura building. Right. <laughs> All right, I, I I think my my favorite Christmas movie is um, a, a Christmas story. Yeah, but um, okay. but like for, but for example, Chiaki hates the shit out of out of that movie. What? And she won't even like sit down and watch it with me for Christmas. Now, a Christmas story, uh, you'll have to forgive me because I'm not very well versed in Christmas lore and movies and so forth. Christmas story is that the like the really old one where the kid gets beat beat up by the bully and he shoots his eye out with the BB gun. Yeah, yeah, is that, yes, that's the one. Okay. Yes. I think a, a good Christmas movie makes you feel like like nostalgic and warm inside with yeah. the emotions of Christmas. Pe- people people t- people don't take they take that movie for granted. Like that movie was is really really cynical, and it's about a time period that people don't think of as being really cynical. But that whole movie is about how Christmas is like this really dark and twisted time where people just go crazy. I, I don't know. Like it's it's like a Christmas movie turned on its head because like what I've been talking about with my wife on on our podcast is that Christmas stories are always about family and they're always about like they've got elements like coming home or reuniting with the family or mending problems or that love conquers all, especially familial love. You know, in in within the season and like in the a more macro sense of that, uh, you've got this idea that was talked about on the Cracked podcast several episodes ago about how Christmas is like Christmas movies are just like wintertime propaganda. But they talked about how like the reason we have holidays clumped at the end of the year or during winter in the first place is because it's about surviving the winter. So that's like how the family, you know, theme gets into all of these stories. It's about togetherness and staying warm and trying not to die, like literally <laughs> die during the winter. That makes sense. Wow. Okay, I never so thought of it that way. There are so like, yeah. Go ahead. I was I was gonna move on. Do you have something else to say? Oh no, I was just like Kazuo said. He he mentioned Die Hard, which is one of the movies we did on Popcorn Poops, and that that movie is a good example of a movie that has all of those things. Like it's got family, you know, overcoming differences and coming together and, and coming home for the holidays. And there's even snow at the end of the movie and, in the form of like the papers falling out of the building and like, it people looks like not snow. wanting to die. Yeah, exactly. So, like, do these anime shows and things, do they conform to, you know, I think Tokyo Godfathers definitely does. Like, Tokyo Godfathers is, you know, thematically a really traditional, like, classic Christmas movie. It's one of the, it's really one of the greats, I think. I think so, too. I totally agree. Um, I think it might be the best work that, uh, you know, Satoshi Kon, you know, rest his soul, um, that he ever put out, you know, that and Millennium Actress. But, yeah. 
Really uh, great stuff. Okay, so we have some other really crazy stuff to go through here. Did you guys know that there is a Love Hina Christmas special? You know, Say what? Oddly enough, I did know this. <laughs> oh, you did? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I heard it somewhere at some point. Um, oh, why don't you tell us about it? Oh, you know, uh, I don't know all that much about it. I know it's supposed to be terrible. Is it full of girls going, Oh, come uh, on. Oh, come on. Are we going to hate on Love Hina Christmas <laughs> special? Because if, if we're being fair... It is the best thing that ever came out of Love Hina. Well, like seriously, full stop. Not, it is the best thing that ever came out. Of, it's not good. It's not Don't get me wrong. Much. But it is. It is like strangely void of a lot of the otaku pandering and the really over sexualization of like underage characters and stuff like that that's present in the rest of the show. And it's kind of touching, even. Like it's got like a cute little story about like kissing at midnight at Tokyo Tower on Christmas Eve and how that'll you'll be with the one that you love forever oh, and all that kind of stuff. And it kind of works in a weird way. I mean, it's not good. I, don't get me wrong. It's still bad. It, it's, but, pr- it's probably full of uh, Japanese girls going, uh, eh, hey, Kimi no Christmas seifu wa cho kawaii na no. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I need I need my my Christmas present. I want my Christmas present from you to be seeing you in a sailor uh sailor uniform. A or, girl sailor uniform. If you send it over or one of those like I will get girly, it. I will wear it for you. The girly Santa looking outfits that the Love Hina characters wear. <laughs> that would be awesome. So, yeah, so that's one and then there, then I have a huge list here uh, from a website um forevergeek.com has a posting about Christmas anime. And there's apparently a lot of Christmas. There's a lot of Christmas anime in within a series that is not about Christmas, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But there, are, but there are very few anime that are literally about Christmas time. The only other one I can think of um, is maybe Polar Bear Cafe, and then there's um, Amagami. Amagami SS has a lot. Has like. The story of oh, the boy got dumped on Christmas Eve, and it was really sad. It's such because it's supposed to be a romantic time. But there are there are lots of shows that actually have like one episode right that, that happens around Christmas time. Right. So here's so here's so here's some so here's some of those uh, Toradora episode eighteen episode nineteen where uh, Angel Taiga sets up the stage for Ryuji to finally tell Minori how he feels, but ignores her own feelings. Fall, uh, towards Yuji. I don't know. I haven't seen Toradora. Um, episode thirty-five of so- Card Captor Sakura. Oh. Uh, Car- Sakura worries about what to get Yukito for his birthday slash Christmas. Um, Shakugan no Shana, second uh, episode, the second season, episode twenty-two, has a very sort of a lewd photo of a moe-looking girl wearing Santa outfits. Oh, oh, School Rumble episode. Uh, the second, the second season of School Rumble, uh, episode nineteen is a Christmas is a Christmas episode. Minami K episode twelve, Lucky Star episode eleven, which I'm sure a bazillion people have seen that because of Lucky Star's popularity. Uh, Kimi ni Tadoke episode twenty two, which I'm going to talk about that a little bit later maybe. And uh, Hayate the Combat Butler episode one, uh, Digi Digi Charot Christmas special. Chrono Crusade episode twelve. We already mentioned Tokyo Godfathers. Yeah, so there's a there's quite a bit out there, and I, but I think lots there's lots more too, like tons more, um, that you can get Christmas episodes. It seems like just about every anime that's at least twenty six episodes has some kind of a Christmas thing in it. You know? Yeah, it seems like yep. there's, there's it's a pretty common theme. I believe our good friend Gerard in the chat. 
Yeah. <laughs> said that log horizon right now is around Christmas. I'm sure it is. Yeah. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Shout out to yeah. Gerard. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God, guys. Listen. Yule log horizon. Oh. What? A Yule, a Yule log. Yeah, Yule tide. Uh, yeah, Yule, Yule tide. Log Yule horizon. log horizon. You got to have your Yule log for the Yule tide. Yule log. That's got to be hard for you. Yule log horizon. Yule log horizon. Oh, God. Oh, man. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's this. Also, like Vandred. Vandred has a, has a Christmas episode. Wow, Vandred. I remember, not, remember, I remember Vandred. Vandred. It was on the sci fi channel, wasn't it? Man. That Ooh, an, that anime that's, that's where, something. where men and women live completely separate from each other. Yeah, what a weird show that what? was. <laughs> okay, so until one day a boy crashes into a space station full of only girls. Whoa. Whoa. Okay, so um, does anybody know of any other have any other good good uh, suggestions for Christmas anime? Uh, so apparently, Sword Art Online has one. I'm not surprised, and. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll have we'll have some more coming in later on. Yeah. I mean, there are ton, there are tons. Like I I don't know. I don't know specifically. Was there was there a Christmas Space Dandy? No, I don't think there was. No, um, no. Every episode of Space Dandy is Christmas. Okay, that's fair. That's <laughs> that's totally fair. It is a gift to everyone. Gift. So how how about we talk about our Christmas wish lists? Do you got uh, anime related Christmas? Oh. So like okay. Cram, well, like for example, Cram. Do you have what in inside of Cram's heart? Inside of Cram's heart. Your loving sweetheart. What is it that you desire the most that is anime or nerdy related or games or whatever? Cash. No. Uh, <laughs> Cash let's see. money. Cash, Cash money. That paper, son. Well, with you the yen, the way it's acting, I, do, I do need money. <laughs> um, actually, uh, I, I, I've got two more Blu-rays uh, left to complete the Studio Ghibli Blu-ray collection, and that is, I haven't. This came out a few months ago, but I haven't had, I haven't bought the Castle of Cagliostro yet, and also, uh, it's either just come out or it's about to come out, and that's the Tale of Princess Kaguya. And with those, I will have a complete set that, or, or of what's come out. I guess after that, they haven't released Ocean Waves yet. I don't know if they're going to do that. And then they might do an extras disc with like Gib- the Ghibli's shorts on it. And may- hopefully, uh, on your mark, that would be awesome. I'd love to see that in in high def. How, but about, how about how about all the how about all the museum shorts? That's never going to happen. Why not? Not until, not, not until Miyazaki dies. That's ridiculous. Um. Do they really need to make a, a special for a special Blu-ray release for Ocean Waves? Um, I mean, it might be nice, but I mean, yeah, I mean, they they did one for Tales from Earthsea, so <laughs> I, I think guess. Ocean Waves is better, dude. I think Ocean Waves is better from Tales from Earthsea because Tales from Earthsea did not have an epic bitch slap. It, that the, maybe the most epic bitch slap in, ever in anime. Yeah, dude, Man, it's he, great. She about rips his face off. Um, <laughs> Okay, that's cool. I went on. I was on eBay the other day looking at some Blu-ray anime Blu-rays, and I saw that. I saw that. I bought the box set up as it as it is up till now of the Ghibli stuff, and they were going for like seven hundred dollars. Jesus. Yep. So it's wow. pretty intense. It's no joke. Um. Okay. For me. Um. Actually, no. Kazuo. Let's go to Kazuo. Next. Oh. Ooh. My anime slash nerdy. It's inside of your lusty heart, well, Kazuo. What is it that heart. you what is it that you lust for with your little grabby fingers? My, well, I think I think everyone can pretty much guess that it's awesome no, t shirts. I thought you were gonna say boobs. Boobs, yeah. No. I not not 
other I want I want myself to have boobs is what it is. Well, you can make that happen. <laughs> no. Um yeah, well, as Cram said, cool anime Blu-rays are always welcome. Um and also, yeah, cool t-shirts and stuff with like anime characters and Mike Sixty percent of my wardrobe is Star Wars T-shirts, which is kind of ridiculous. But that's that's a lot. Seriously, sixty percent. It's, it's mo. Yeah, basically, most of the wow. T-shirts I have are Star Wars related. Wow. But um, yeah. So I, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I like stuff that's practical that I can use and wear. I'm not a big fan of like having knickknacks all over the place. So um, for me, I'm I'm planning on buying a PlayStation Four mm-hmm. um this holiday. I I, I made some very uh. Well, well-educated football bets, and I can buy one with the winnings I got, so I'm very happy about that. But um, I, so because of that, I, I want to, I hope, I hope to receive several PS4 games um, because they're, you know, they're expensive, and I really want Persona 5 so bad. I almost want to hold out on buying the the, the uh, PS4 until Persona 5 comes out, in the hope that they'll have like a special limited release of, of a of, of the. Persona Five. Have you seen console. the? Have you seen that uh, limited release like retro PS4 that I heard, apparently was selling on eBay for like fifteen thousand yep, dollars or something? I heard. Like yeah. I heard oh that my they god, were, it's so beautiful. I heard that they were all sold out in like ten seconds. Oh yeah. And now there was some ridiculous. place in London that was selling them for like twenty bucks. What? Yes, there was some. The, the PlayStation Store in London had a limited run of them where they were selling the console for twenty dollars. How That's is that ridiculous. even possible? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, anyway, it's weird. Wow. B- besides the uh, besides a couple uh, PS4 games, I would love to get like a nice a nice standing sculpted uh, plastic figure of one of one of the like legendary monsters from the Puzzles and Dragons franchise. Like I'd love to get one of those giant dragons like breathing fire and he's got like like huge claws and he's got like lightning cool. coming out of him and all that craziness like Yeah, the, the artwork in that game is really cool. Like, the monster art is insane. I well, I, as, I would as love as- that. As long as we're talking about video games, uh, yeah, I've been I've been looking for Super Back to the Future Two, which is a Japanese exclusive for the Super Famicom, wow. and I I can't find it anywhere. So if anyone out there has a copy that they don't want anymore, Super uh, Back to the Future you, Two, you can be my own personal Santa Claus. What's weird? Super Back to the Future Two. Yeah. What's weird about that is it, Super Back to the Future Two and Goonies Two, the video game. Goonies both, both make me think the same thing. As, did the first one really sell enough that they would go and make another? Like, was it that right, good? Yeah. It's like, yeah, wow, exactly. shocking. They wouldn't do that nowadays, for sure. Um, I do have one other thing I would like to add to my oh, yeah. my go Christmas oh, list. Oh, sure, go ahead. And that is for the listeners to follow me <laughs> on Twitter. Oh, yeah, look at that. So we can all hang out and stuff. AAA Cosmo, that's what's up. Uh, yeah, me too. Me too. I want that for Christmas as well. Uh, so oh, yeah, me too. No, it's super cool. Like, I've, I've yeah, it's, it's been really fun just hanging out and talking with the listeners and sharing stupid why don't you pictures. Just, why don't you just hijack the main like account and you can just talk to people on that? That's a good point. I don't know the password. I'll give it to you okay. later on. Um, Chaotic Persona, who's watching live, said that they are saving up vacation time for, play, for Persona 4, or, or rather for poor Persona 5. And I fully agree, I will also probably take one or maybe two days off work to play Persona 5. Oh my gosh, I wish I could just quit my job. My brother-in-law just won Persona Q in a UFO catcher yesterday. Wow. And he doesn't have any interest in those games uh, at all, so he immediately took it to the trade-in counter at in the store that he bought. He got it from the UFO machine and tried to trade it in, and they would only give him 500 yen for it, which is like what? five bucks. Did he yeah. take it? No. He was like, no, nah, I'll keep it. 
That's what, ridiculous. What was the last game that you guys took off work for? I'll tell you. For I've me. never done that. Never. I've never done that. Never. Either. Never, what? ever. No. I took off. Um, I had uh, a three-day I've skipped. Ga- I've skipped classes to I play I took games. off like two days to play Skyrim when that came out. And oh I played God. it nonstop. I already had a, a three-day weekend, so I had basically five days of nonstop Skyrim. I would wake up, order a pizza, play Skyrim, fall asleep, wake up, <laughs> play Skyrim, fall asleep. I put in like 100 hours or something ridiculous in a very short period of time. Um, and I regret nothing. New York yeah. NYZ Otaku in the live chat says that Sonic games are terrible. I will disagree with you. Sonic had a very nice run of quality games when Sega was first coming out. With, with the Genesis, the Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic and Knuckles. Those are all really great games. And even Sonic 4 that you can get that you can get and download on your on your console. I've and, heard Sonic Colors is really good and Sonic Lost World and Sonic Generation I heard are really good. And I have a lanyard at work that I have my that I have my security key, my, my security badge on and my lanyard is Sonic. So, boom. Shakalaka. Shakalaka. I mean, just because Sonic Boom is a piece of steaming garbage, uh, doesn't doesn't and also Sonic 06 and also most of the Sonic games that have come out in the last ten years doesn't mean that all of them are still bad. Anyway, they still they still come out. the 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 Bioware Sonic uh, uh, RPG that came out for for the DS was pretty good. I liked that quite a bit. A turn based Sonic RPG by Bioware. Come on. Does anybody have anything else that they want for Christmas? I just want all of your love. You just want me to hug you. Yes. I want to I, I pass the JLPT. <laughs> that would be a nice Dear present. Dear Santa. <laughs> Please go rig the test scores if you find I will fail. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to Japan itself and some of the more traditional things that you know happen in Japan during Christmas time. Of course, there is, first and foremost, a lot of um, Christmas is... Because Japan is doesn't have a whole lot of people that follow Christianity, it's about 1% or less than 1%. Christmas is mostly a commercial tradition in Japan and not really an actual holiday. People don't really get time off from work or, you know, there's no, there's no like, you know, New Year, uh, Christmas Eve party or you may have a party, but it's not, it's not the same type of stuff and it's certainly not a, not a national holiday. But you have lots of, uh, you know, corporations will light, will light up their buildings with Christmas lights and light up the trees with, with uh, lights and they call that, what do they call that, Cram? Illumination. Illumination. I love love that. (laughs) Illumination. (laughs) Illumination. Illumination. Um, And of course, there are... um, There are... um, You know, this gift-giving. Though I think that the gift-giving in Japan is very small-scale, as opposed to, you know, what you might see some families do here. No, but you know, just a, like a few days after Christmas at New Year's, they give all their kids like four or five hundred dollars, you know, for the new year. Yeah, so that we'll we'll get to that. But like, I mean, in Japan, in Japan, I think they'll give like maybe one gift. Let, let me ask you about Japan and Christmas. Uh, do they have like the Santa Clauses at the mall, like the fat dude no. in the beard that the kids sit on? No, I never saw that. Can no, I also mention how is? How is it that Christmas is the only time of year where it's okay to have a creepy stranger with a scraggly beard? Have your child sit on his lap. It's like that's kind of weird when you think about it. I don't know that I don't know that a lot of Japanese people know about that tradition. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't just think had, I've ever even told anybody over here yeah. about that. That my, is kind of weird, though, isn't it? Right? My my cousin recently took her. Uh, she has two children and they're very young. She took them to the mall and they were sitting on Santa's lap. She took pictures and I'm like, 
who is this guy? It's some random <laughs> overweight dude with a beard that has not been well kept, and you're just having your kids sit on his lap. Like what? In J- in Japan, that might be Cho Hentai. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And those those Santa pants are usually pretty baggy, so he might have an erection under there. You never know. Hentai yeah. yaro. Sorry. Um. His Yule log. Well, for yeah, full circle, well, circle, bring it around. Bring it around. What? What? <laughs> um. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. You know, it's as I said, the gift giving in Japan is not as crazy as it is in America. Uh, Japan has also adopted lots of Western customs. I think that I think that Japan has this thing where they go, "We really like that custom that you do over in uh, Germany, so we're going to bring that back and uh, make it better." And uh, oh, we really like! Wow, you put Christmas trees, you put trees in your house during Christmas. Really? Oh, it's so interesting. Hmm. Fascinating. No, yeah. Oh, well, I think well, I think we'll do that. We'll start doing that. So, I guess some people do. I never saw this, but but some people do put Christmas trees in their houses. Do you know if this is if, if this is especially common, Cram? I'm not really sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, Japanese people do put Christmas trees in their houses, but they're usually like two feet tall, like mine, right, right, <laughs> my yeah. Christmas tree. Actually, a friend gave us like a full sized Christmas tree last year. And it, we're not going to put it up this year because it's just too big. We don't have lights for it or anything. We're just going to put up our little two-foot tree, which is still not up. We're like the worst Americans ever. I have my tree up. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that and people enjoy having parties and things like that around Christmas time. I, I, I remember we had we had a couple of those over at your house, I think, with some of those Japanese girls mm-hmm. um, around Christmas. Whoa, so, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, snap. Hold oh, on. Sexy parties, man. So now, okay, so Santa Claus, not a real... Thing in Japan, basically, is that what you're saying? No, Santa Santa Claus is not real, Kazuo. No, no, no. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like, it's not a thing that they use. They call the him. They call him Santa-san. Santa-san. Yeah. Now, let me ask you guys: How old were you when you first found out that Santa Claus wasn't real, or do you not remember? Were you too young? Oh man, I have no idea. I remember some kid at the church I went to told me, and then my parents told me he was lying, and then years later they oh. told me they were actually lying. So. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you myself. I was never told any like I was told from the beginning that he wasn't real. Oh, my parents that's were so sad. Well, you know, I I kind of respect my parents for it because you know they didn't want to lie to me. <laughs> so I got you. Yeah, but I, I I was I was the kid that was like, bro, he's totally not real. I found out about I found out when Santa wasn't real. I was maybe around eight or nine years old, and um, basically I just woke up and heard my parents moving around out in the living room and. Uh, Oh God! You know, I went out and saw them, and oh no, went back to bed. But I knew what was going on. Oh, you knew what was going on. Yeah, they were, yes, yes, my parents were having intercourse. <laughs> Is that what you want to hear? My parents were having intercourse in the living room. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember how old you were? I was about seven or eight or nine. Okay, I don't remember how old I was, but I do remember there being a very distinct like talk. I remember the talk. And I have a younger brother, so the talk basically went, yeah, there's no Santa Claus, there's no Easter Bunny, there's no Tooth Fairy, and they just got all that stuff out of the way. But there is a Jesus. Uh, and, oh, oh, yeah, and that's <laughs> the thing. Is I, I grew up in a very religious home, so, so like immediately they're like, but there is Jesus. There is a God, <laughs> and he is all-powerful, and he will fuck you up. So, <laughs> because he loves you. <laughs> but, then they, but then they were like, so don't tell your little brother, and of course I told him because I was a dickhead, but yeah. <laughs> So in in Japan, um, people go, couples will go out on Christmas Eve and have a romantic time, maybe this, maybe a fancy dinner, or or they'll 
stay at a hotel, maybe. In, oh. In a hotel in Ikebukuro. Or maybe they'll just go in your living room at 8 a.m. All right, so here's... All right, okay, all right, all right Cram. So here, Cram, listen <laughs> to like this. So, so here's, how, so, here's how it goes down. A rom- two, rom- two couples that are in a deep romance. It's Christmas Eve. The... The snowflakes are falling ever so gently onto the roads of Ikebukuro, hmm. creating fluffy white powder un- un- uh, under their feet. After a long, expensive, romantic dinner with candlelight and some of the most delicious food you can imagine, he leads her he leads her hand in hand down the dark alley of Ikebukuro, past two soap lands, <laughs> and they stay at a hotel for the night, where you pay by the hour. <laughs> Sounds oh romantic. God. Su- super hot. Yeah. No. Is that is that is that the whole story? That's the story. The end. It, it can keep going. Cool no. story, bro. Actually, in Ikebukuro, they just opened the biggest Pokemon Center in Japan, and I'm going. Oh, that's, that's a Merry a- Christmas Will to me. Will they restore your Pokemon to perfect health? Yeah, I, well, probably. Okay, so you can go to the Pokemon Center, and I will go to the Soap Wait, land. wait. Is there a nurse? The Soap Land. <laughs> yeah, the Soap. I'm going to call Hidoya, and we're going to go to the Soap Land. Please tell me that all of the people that work at the Pokemon Center are dressed up like Nurse Joy. Oh, uh, God. They oh. are not, but I was I was actually hoping that the, all the girls at the Soap Land would have, like, fake Santa beards on as they're giving you blowjays. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, so, so um, Cram, do you, uh, have you, have you talked to Hidoya at all? Man, no, not, not really, not recently. Anyway, okay. I need to hit him up. Yeah, do that. He's a fun guy. Um, so everyone already knows that, that they do Christmas cake, of course. Yeah, right? and it's gross. It's I mean, it's not gross. It's just flavorless. It's really right. spongy and right. so not good. I have given my descriptions of Christmas cake throughout the years of this podcast, but Cram, I would like to hear your description, and I would like to know what what the Christmas cakes that they're selling at like Yaoya are right now. You know, I, I we've been really bad about Christmas this year, so we haven't ordered our Christmas cake. We haven't ordered our KFC chicken. All that's all that kind of stuff that you have to pre-order well, if you're going to get it get it for Christmas. You're screwed, man. I know. I know. I don't know if we're going to be able to get it. We might end up with like store-bought fried chicken. Oh my God, what will happen? You'll save two thousand yen. Yeah, exactly. Um, At least. But yeah, yeah Christmas cake, um, I, I found that the best Christmas cake I've had comes from the Fujia store. If you can find a Fujia store, that's oh the company God. that makes the milky candies. Pico-chan. Um, their Christmas cake is pretty good, but in general, Christmas cake is like a, it's kind of like a flavorless sponge cake that has really like plain uh, frosting on it that's not very sweet. Like it's all just really mild. Very much like Japanese food. Japanese food is is really mild in flavor, so naturally their sweets are a lot more mild. But yeah, when you eat cake, you want something rich and moist and juicy, and instead you get something kind of semi-sweet and dry and mostly flavorless. Yeah, it's not a great experience. Wow. Unless you're at unless you're eating at Koko Ichibanya, in which you're getting lots of flavor. Oh yeah, it's that's just Flavor City. Yeah, that place is the bomb. God, how many times in the, how many times in the last two weeks have you gone to Koko Ichi? Uh, one. I've gone once, but yeah, we're gonna be going again soon. Because when my brother, so. when my brother and cousin come in, we're gonna go to Kokoichi. Do you know how sad I feel? How? Why do you feel sad? Because my two favorite things about two of my favorite things about Japan were Kokoichi Banya and Onsen, and we don't have either of those things here. Oh. I just want to go to Kokoichi Banya with my with my cram. You you do have a bathtub. That's true. <laughs> a bathtub. 
Yeah, that's as good as an onsen, right? But and, and there but, is there is a sauna for men that I know of. I don't know if you want to go there, but it does exist. Listen, <laughs> well, listen here, I, I have a salute. I have a Christmas. This is a Christmas miracle. It's a solution to your problem for the Christmas holiday. After the podcast, you and Kazuo get naked and get <laughs> in your bathtub together, and it'll feel just like an onsen and eat cake. But I can't have a. But in my bathtub, there will be no creepy Japanese man that will slide up to me, but slap his buttocks and his thighs right up against mine. And uh, I'll do and, it, and, and I'll speak in a Japanese accent. Are you, are you going to whisper sweet <laughs> English into my ear? Yes, in bro- broken English. <laughs> Just uh, to make you feel happy. This is the weirdest discussion <laughs> topic. <laughs> anyway, it's it's going quite well, I think. Um, so they also have Christmas chicken. A lot of people, as Cram said, go get their Christmas chicken at KFC. I did this once and paid an insane price that you will not even believe. I think it was. I think I was in. I think I was in Nara. My when I when I got my when I had my first KFC Christmas chicken. I went in, and you order a meal. It's like, you know, maybe like a bucket of chicken and some biscuits, and it's like forty seven dollars. Wow! I swear, I'm not even kidding. Can is you, it normally that price throughout the year? Or is no, it just- I don't think. I think this is seasonal pricing. Can you can you corroborate this, Cram? Yeah, it's yeah, it is. It's seasonal pricing. Like they give you, like the the bucket that it comes in is decorated and it's you know kind of nicer, I guess, than the usual buckets o chicken that you can get. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a bucket of chicken. So I mean, it's only as classy as you know that gets. Um, but yeah, it's it's ridiculously expensive for no good reason. It is, I mean, KFC is pretty expensive just on the regular. Like if you just go at any other time of the year, uh, a, like a, a I guess a value meal that would cost you maybe five bucks in the states costs like eight here. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, it's pretty pricey. It's not very good, and it's either. And, it's, and it's not that good. Like no. that's the thing is that I've been to KFC sometimes here, and it's been fine, like just as good as it is in the states. But other times it'll be like really greasy and gross, and I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's 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 a pretty big risk to make for forty bucks or whatever they're gonna make you pay. But, yeah, it's it's really hit or miss. But while you are at the KFC, you can indeed shake the Colonel's hand. Oh my. A firm handshake and Wait, a Christmas smile. Is is the Colonel Japanese? The Colonel is outside of every KFC. They have a statue it, oh, and they dress statue. him up. Oh, okay. They dress uh, him up. I was like, is it a guy dressed up as the Colonel? And if so, is he Japanese? They dress him up in his Kurusumasu, Kurusumasu uh, Aoharu. He's been he's been dressed <laughs> Aoharu. What? In his <laughs> Aoharu. <laughs> no, we're not we're not quite there yet. Blue Spring. Oh. Yeah, they've dressed him up, of course, as Santa Claus every single year. He's also been dressed up as in like samurai armor and stuff like that. Uh, and then uh, this past year, they had for what was it? Was it last year for the for the movie? I can't remember, but at some point they had a Dragon Ball Z promotion and they dressed no. him up like Goku. Awesome! That is that awesome. is awesome. I love it. A New York Otaku asks a very important question. What was that? Do they have Popeyes in Japan? No. no. Well, no. not that I've seen. There might be. There is a place called Popeye's Beer Club in oh. uh, Ryogoku in Tokyo, but that's that's, that's just same. like that's a beer bar that's got like seventy five beers on tap. That's awesome, but not what I was looking for. No, yeah. I don't. I don't think there's an actual Popeye's. There might be one on the military base, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I know there's a Taco Bell. So while Japan might sort of and 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 you know this is maybe too strong of a word, but they sort of bastardize our traditions that we you know celebrate in you know Christian countries with by you know 
simplifying and making made they, the the customs are made trivial by the fact that it's not you know, a you know a, a meaning super meaningful holiday for the Japanese, and that's fine. But I sort of feel like we do the same thing to them for New Year's. What do you mean? Well, in Japan, New Year's is an, is an extremely important time of year. I mean, you do get time off. You get like a week off work or whatever. And um, there's tons of th- there's tons of tr- traditional celebrations that happen around New Year's. Well, first of all, people go and they go to go to temples to wish for, you know, to pray for a, for health or for a, a, a good next year or whatever it might be. Um, and there's all kinds of uh, parties that go on, like the Bonenkai, which I'm sure Cram knows knows about quite well. Oh yeah. Do you have any Bonenkai stories for us, Cram? Um. Come no, on, come on. Really, no, actually, no. My my, the people I go to Bonenkai with are pretty buttoned down. It's not. It's kind of boring, actually. What? You don't like? Yeah. You don't. No one gets tipsy and and puts their tie around their head and gets up on the table. No, my my principal gets drunk really quickly. Like he only has a couple of drinks before he's red in the face and just saying ridiculous stuff. Like but, what? Like what? Um. I he like asking me how I like Japanese girls and I'm like oh, married. <laughs> well, yeah, um, like yeah. that kind of stuff. But it, nothing like super. I don't have any crazy stories about someone whipping out their dick or something. So, <laughs> no. Oh, that's not any fun. Yeah, I wish I did. Not until I go to Japan. Anyway, the Bonenkai is, takes place in, in December generally, and it's it's a forget the year party. So it's like <laughs> it's get uh, drunk until you like, don't remember anything. It's like f this old year. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have a, a better new year, and to, and to make sure that that happens, we're gonna get really really messed up and drunk. It's <laughs> awesome. Just make sure that you have your party like like still with, with with a few days before the new year. That way, if you're in jail afterwards, you don't start off the new year in jail. That's kind of a bad omen. Hmm, that's a good point. They also eat osechi. Which is a an array of food that is eaten at the end of the year with various Japanese foods from different regions of the country, and all the foods tend to have different meanings to them. And from from what I'm from, from what I've heard, osechi is kind of gross. It's not very good. I'm I'm not a fan of it. It's like what what's like you have like you have like um let's see like the the roe or whatever it's called. I can't remember. Yeah, you got like you got a bunch of different like really fishy kind of sea seafood stuff. You've got like crawdad there are crawdads in there. Ugh. Uh the salmon roe, you've got a couple of different types of mochi. You've got konyaku which is like uh it's like this gelatin that's made from a type of seaweed. Um yeah, just just a bunch of stuff that I don't care for very much. I I know that I know that all those foods are supposed to have symbolic meanings. Like I know that the uh the salmon row it's it's eggs, right? So they're, they're, it's supposed to like represent fertility, I think, or something. Yeah, fertility and health and you know, that kind of stuff. Like there's something for wealth and money and financial stability and there's one for health and there's one for like vitality and one for, you know, success and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And one for will I will I or will I not go to the soap land? Yeah, answers, right. Yes. See, I don't I don't like black-eyed peas either, which is also a tradition in the West. So, what is it with New Year's food being gross? Like why do you have to eat gross stuff to have good luck or good fortune in the new year? I don't know. That sucks. You you should be Is it like a physical challenge like on Double Dare? <laughs> it's like should. if you want to have a good year, you got to eat a uh, a horse dick or something, something like Fear Factor think, shit. Think, yeah, I was gonna say I don't think they did that on Double Dare, but maybe Fear Factor. <laughs> I I don't know, man. Those beans that I ate when I was doing my uh, my uh, Fukuwa Uchi uh, Oniga Soto. 
Yeah, was for, it, uh, Setsubun. For Setsubun, those beans yeah, that's are a, pretty that's good. Everywhere. Wasn't Double Dare the show with like the two families that would challenge each other, or what was that? That was like on Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah, with Mark Summers. Could you imagine Mark Summers being like, "All right, kids, now you gotta eat some animal dicks"? Like, what? Oh my god! What the hell's going <laughs> that's on? What said. I've like, lost control of the podcast. <laughs> we are spiraling off. That would be a no. really weird okay, episode. Okay. All right, so um, the New Year's holiday, and oh no, we 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 just did that. Um, all right, well, why don't we? Talk about what we're, what we're going to be doing for Christmas. I, I'm I'm going back to West Virginia. West Virginia. Um, Roko will be there. My parents will be there. Most of most of the extended and and non extended family will be there. It'll be a gigantic gathering. What do you guys usually do? Um, we have like thirty thirty probably like thirty people. It's crazy. So and um, so many little kids running around. We'll have a huge dinner that will be hopefully better than uh th- the Thanksgiving dinner. And um, we're going to, you know, sit around and watch the watch the, the little kids tear open like hundreds of presents. We, we used to do a secret. We used to do a secret Santa, secret Santa. Where, where where one person would buy one gift for one other person because it was just too much to buy a gift for everybody. Right. You know, and so, but now we've discontinued that, and now everybody just buys crap for the little kids, which means I'm buying nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna go and like, eat. Screw those kids. I'm gonna go and eat and maybe watch football if it's on TV. How about how about uh, how about you, Cram? What what kind of uh, crazy stuff are you getting into in Japan? Uh, for Christmas, well, I'm gonna have family here, so um, my brother-in-law's already here. I think I said this before. My my brother and my cousin are coming in this week, uh, so we're gonna have like our first like just like this generation family gathering in Japan. It'll be kind of kind of fun and interesting and new because usually, you know, if I'm doing family Christmas, I'm back in the States and it's like my whole extended family with grandparents and cousins and aunts and uncles and, and you know, just chaos, right? Cock so, chaos. Uh, yeah, cock ca- ca- chaos. And uh, this year it's just going to be uh, the five of us, I guess. Um, yeah, just the five of us here at my just house. Just the do- five of us. We're gonna try to do the Christmas cake and the fried chicken thing, and uh, I guess for New Year's we're gonna all go out together in Tokyo. So oh my yeah, God, that'll you gonna, be. Uh, are you gonna do Meiji? Uh, my wife wants to do Osechi, but not Osechi. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Meiji. you cut out the so Meiji Jingu. Oh, what's, what's uh, the Meiji Jingu? It's Meiji Jingu. I don't know. Do I really want to stand shoulder to shoulder with three million people? The Meiji Jingu is the Meiji Temple that's in Tokyo. It's it's probably the most crowded place in the country, or maybe the, even the world, for New Year's. Oh my um, they have about something like three to four million people pass through the temple in, in, in the span of one night. That sounds like the exact opposite of where I would want to be at any given I time. I did it last year, and it was awesome because uh. af- because after that, I and after that, I went to uh, uh, um, Dera and did uh, uh, sorry Sensoji Dera and did the, uh, the the New Year's over there and hit up all of like the late night. Food stands and got the got got me my yakisoba and like and yeah. the candied mikan. It's just too many people. Well, you, yes, I agree. I get, I get anxiety when I go to the mall. Bring like, bring, <laughs> bring your DS with you yeah. or something. I I would rather sit at home with a bottle of champagne and watch Kohaku Tagasen. That's 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 what I want for New Year's. Was but. that the TV show on TV? The, the broadcast. Yeah, man. It. Yeah, man. It's the it's the big musical competition that they do every every New Year's Eve, yeah. where they get all of the they have Team Red and Team Blue, and they do. Have we talked about this? And on then the they podcast make them eat before? animal dicks. What is the world Sorry. I would I would love to see some AKB members chowing down on some horse dong. <laughs> uh, have we talked about Kohaku Tagasen on the show before? I uh, don't know. 
It's it's a it's a it's a really famous thing over here. So it's it's you know as much of a tradition for New Year's as you know going to a temple or a shrine. Uh, but yeah, on TV they broadcast this big like singing competition, and they group famous Japanese singers uh, and like like pop groups and stuff like that into Team Red and Team Blue, and they all like perform all of these songs. Like it's this huge like four or five hour show that you watch all night, and I think you can I think you call in or you vote somehow on like which which performance was better and then eventually like by the end either team red or team blue wins i'm just picturing so. a bunch of people singing on stage while consuming these animal dicks just like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I, I really <laughs> I, trying I, they, to eat and sing at the same time they really they won't be but i really hope baby metal is <laughs> <laughs> is at, on a kohaku tagasan this year that would be awesome that would be cool okay um and does anybody have anything else they want to say about Christmas, no. Merry Christmas. I ain't doing nothing for Christmas, really. So, I wanted to make sure that all of the listeners know that I hope they have a Merry Christmas and a safe New Year. Please do not drink and drive; that is bad. Um, but please make sure that you eat plenty of pie. Pie is very important. Or so. Christmas cake. No, screw that. <laughs> pie. Eat lots of pie, please, and um, enjoy your families and your time off from work and stuff. So, yeah. Okay, guys. We're going to take another anime news break. And when we come back, we're going to be re- reviewing Ao Haru Ride, or Blue Spring Ride. Will it be good? Will it be bad? Will it be a hentai? Will it suck? We'll find out after this. everybody, this is Mitsugi. It's time for your second anime news break. Getting us started, it was announced in Sueisha's Shonen Jump magazine recently that the new Yu-Gi-Oh! film, that's right, I said Yu-Gi-Oh! will be premiering in 2016. It's coming about 20 years after the original Yu-Gi-Oh! manga premiered in, you guessed it, Shonen Jump magazine. The film is described as follows, In the past, Yugi, Yami, and Kaiba have clashed many times. Yugi, who resides in Yugi Muto's body, and Kaiba will have a duel that bets their prides and accepts each other's mutual experience. It was also revealed that the 2000 Yu-Gi-Oh! anime series is going to be remastered in celebration of the 20th anniversary of the franchise. So this is some pretty big news for those of you that like Yu-Gi-Oh! So, it looks like for now this franchise is still going strong. Next up is some very huge news relating to the company Sega. It seems like Sega is trying to get a lot of its video game franchises adapted to film, television, and other digital entertainment mediums. They recently hired a former media executive, Evan Cholfin, who is going to plan to adapt franchises such as Shinobi, Crazy Taxi, Rise of Nightmares, Streets of Rage, and Altered Beast into English language live action and animated projects. It also seems like Virtua Fighter and, surprisingly, Golden Axe are also among the properties that they are interested in adapting. So for those of you that grew up in the 90s and loved your Sega Genesis, it's time to have a whole lot of nostalgia. 
Now you knew that we couldn't get through a news break without a little Attack on Titan news. There was a new poster released for the two live action films based on the Attack on Titan manga, and they unveil the live action version of the Colossal Titan, and its size is ridiculous. It's said that this Titan's appearance actually makes it larger than the Japanese version of the original Godzilla. Now that's a pretty big Titan. There have been a whole lot of cast members announced for this film, and it also has been confirmed that there are two films that will adapt the world and characters of the original manga while incorporating new characters and also new enemies into the story. So, I think this is going to be a really exciting thing for a lot of people. All we have to do is be wait patiently for this film to be released. Lastly, it was recently announced that the Square Enix game Gunslinger Stratos, which I have personally played in Japanese arcades, it's pretty fun, is going to be getting a TV anime in 2015. In addition, it was announced that Gen Urobuchi, who's had involvement in Suetion no Gargantia and Fate Zero, will have heavy involvement on the project. For those of you that have been spending lots of time in Japanese arcades or are a fan of the Square Enix game company, this one looks like it might be a winner for you, so we'll look out for this one coming out in the future. This was Mitsugi, and this was your Anime News Break. Now, back to the podcast. In a previous episode of Taku Spirit Anime Cast, we draw the parallels between Black Bullet and Unbreakable Machine Doll. They left Inju behind to go to a meeting. That would never have happened in Unbreakable Machine Doll. <laughs> she, she would, would not allow the window it, yeah. and believe that every girl in that room was hitting on the main character. <laughs> and she would drop kick them all. Drop kick them all. <laughs> you know, you can see it in your brain right now. The masked guy would pop up out of nowhere and say, Wait, that's what this meeting is about. And she would turn and drop kick him as well. <laughs> she wouldn't do anything about the masked guy, but she would kill all of... Yeah, she wouldn't kill him. She, she wouldn't care. His, his, she, his, his daughter, his, his do- his daughter his would die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Raijin would suddenly appear out of nowhere, get stabbed by the masked guy, and then she would scream his name for the next five minutes, and then the doctor from Black Bullet would show up to revive him for the 50th time. My brother thinks that, that, that main protagonists are, are too indestructible. To hear more, go to otakuspirit.com. And we're back with the 256th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Oh, yeah. How are you doing, Kazuo? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to get this review underway. And during the news break, I ate a slice of pizza. How are you doing, Cram? I'm doing very well. I actually uh, looked up the the lineup for the Kohaku Tagasen that's happening this year, and unfortunately, there is no baby metal. But uh, I was wrong. It's actually Team Red and Team White, uh, which makes sense because that's how they do sports festivals. You know, Akagumi, Shirogumi, all that good stuff. But yeah, the the lineup does actually look pretty good this year. So everybody should go uh, check out all the cool acts that are going to be singing. Although no baby metal, that makes me sad. Man, thinking about the think thinking about the red and. Uh, White caps makes me feel nostalgic. Yeah. Akagumi. Gambari, gambari. Akagumi, gambari, gambari. Akagumi. Is that what they say? I thought it was like, like, day, day. 
Day, day, akagumi. I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. Moero, akagumi, moero. Yeah, that that shit. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we're we were reviewing Blue Spring Ride, uh, and uh, this is an anime that is done by. Uh, what production company is this thing done by? It's done by uh, Production IG, I think. Mm, that's a, right. There's a lot of production on this thing. There's a long list. Goodness. Suecia, uh, Sony Music is involved, Movic, Nippon BS Broadcasting, Mainichi Broadcasting, all this stuff. Totally. Yeah, they had they had they had a lot of help, and I you know I think it I think it actually does show in in the show itself. At times, I thought there were at, some at scenes times. that were lacked a little bit at times. Yeah, um, I agree with that too. The director was I Yoshimura. Could it be a woman? Uh, I guess I is a girl's name usually. So. Uh yeah, the the kanji is the kanji for love, which is typically a girl's name. Uh, she directed. Has she done anything else? Um. She did my teen romantic comedy Snafu. I have not seen that. Anybody seen that? Nope. nope. <laughs> Don't be a no. <laughs> Negative. Resounding no. Anyway, so this anime is a 12 episode series that started in ju- in July of this year. It sure did. It did, and uh, it revolves around Futaba, is, who is a girl who is in uh, in love with a boy named named Cole. And, and they are in middle school. However, after there are some misunderstandings between them, their like sort of blossoming relationship as friends ends when he transfers schools and, and over the summer vacation. In high school, her world gets kind of shaken up again because you know she has she runs into him again in high school. But the problem is, they both have really changed as people. So, well, are they capable of you know rekindling their romance? Or are they even interested in rekindling their romance that they had? Mm. So, especially since he's just a dick, a dick, like a, a straight up dick. dick. Yes, for most of the show, uh, almost all of it. Almost, almost all of it. Almost he, he all never, of it. He never really loses his dickishness yeah. completely. He has a big dick. I don't know about no, that. He is. <laughs> he is a big dick. He's probably. It's probably little. It's probably like an acorn. <laughs> acorn. Hey, I've seen all kinds in the onsen. Um. <laughs> and of and of course they get Yuki Kaji to play him because you know who else are you going to get for the stoic dickish badass, or oh, yeah. at least someone who thinks they are. So I mean, this anime, honestly, I think that it kind of falls into the same—I don't want to call it cookie cutter, but into the same sort of mold that past great anime have. And when I say past great anime, I'm referring to Kimini Todoke and his and her circumstances, probably being the best out of all of these. In that, that you have a male character and a female character in their youth. They both have some kind of emotional baggage that they're carrying with them. And the, and the two people, by some means, end up leaning on each other and forming a relationship. And that's, that's what happens in this anime. Sort of. For the most part. Um, so, the, what is wrong with Futaba? What is wrong with Futaba? Um, well, it, it appears that at the beginning of the show, uh, she has this, you know, she has these strong feelings for Ko uh, when they're uh, young and they meet at this shrine and it's like around festival season, if I recall correctly. Um, of course. And yes, yes, of course, because that's the time for, for young love is during festival season. Yeah. Now, I understand that. There's some nostalgia there, some, some nostalgia wanking. <laughs> but uh, so, of course... 
Cole leaves kind of unexpectedly. And then when he comes back, they're both different. Uh, Futaba has changed into a person who is decidedly less feminine. Um, she was always made fun of in elementary school, or not in elementary school, in, in junior high school for being kind of cutesy pootsy and being very popular with the boys because she was very uh, kind of existed in lockstep with uh, the expectations of what one might expect from a, from you know a cutesy pootsy little girl who wants boys to like her. And although that was just who she was naturally, she always caught shit about it, right? Right. Uh, so in in high school, after Cole leaves, she's like, "Well, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be cute. I'm going to be very distinctly unfeminine. I'm going to overeat, and I'm going to be very loud and obnoxious, and I'm going to speak my mind, and 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 kind of be the opposite of what." young people are taught to be, especially with in, you know, Japanese education settings. Uh, and I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I think that the the person that she becomes in high school is a very likable person. Right. That sounds like I, an awesome person to me. <laughs> I really liked her character a lot. I liked how how kind of easygoing she was and how, you know, she really didn't care about much and she didn't care if people thought that she overate. She just – it was really about not caring what anyone thought. And that's really what I thought it came down to, which is kind of a nice – message or it's a nice a nice uh, example to to set forth of, of, of a you know about some someone's personality so if you're going to change who you are to change into a person who doesn't care what other people think of you I think is kind of universally understood as a good thing um, but then of course Ko shows up and all of that is challenged and she begins to wonder if she should change herself again into a person that Cole might like because he's suddenly not so easy to please or he's just kind of cold and distant and she doesn't know how to win him back because she still seems to have feelings for him. So that's kind of her core conflict and kind of the central theme of the show is why we change as people and for whom we change. But I think by the end of the show, and we'll talk about it, but I think by the end of the show, the show itself kind of loses sight of that in some ways. Yeah. Um it is interesting how she sort of, you know, she and she ends up isolating herself. Even I mean, her, her whole goal for changing is to not isolate herself. I mean, in as you said, all the girls hated her, and of course, the boys aren't going aren't going to go out of their way to hang out with her because it's like, oh, you're hanging out with a girl, you know. So she ends up all alone, um, and she sees that from from certain people in her high school classes too. So you know, yeah. So so, so she puts on this fake persona, and I think again, I think I draw a comparison to. Uh, to his and her circumstances where in that anime the girl was like the top of the class honor student uh, class representative perfect student you know the model for everybody but at home she's like a crazy slob you'd never you'd never even recognize this person so she's like a completely different person in two places right so I draw that comparison also but I um I I I don't disagree with you I I thought that she was a uh, a likable character um, you know, in her like, what do you want to call it? Her, her butch girl form. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's just, kind of a tomboy. Yeah, trying to drive off the boys. The thing is, though, is that even though we all liked that character more, she was not being herself. When no, she, she was, was that way. She was clearly suffering. Yeah, she was doing that just so you know, as, as you said, she would get people to like her. And and Ko did make a comment about her friends that she had. Uh, I forgot what, what he called them exactly, but it was basically like just shallow friends, like not yeah. real friends. Um, and so, yeah, you, even though, you know, we may have liked the character that she had become, that wasn't really herself. And, uh, she sees, she sees Cole, uh, originally, I think she calls him Tanaka, because that's his last name. 
So she sees Tanaka, and she can't tell if it's really him because, of course, it's been some years since she's seen him. Maybe it's been two or three years. You know, he's a lot taller. She's a lot taller. They're more grown up. They're in high school now. But um, more than that, his personality has changed a great deal, just as hers has. But her personality hasn't really changed. She's just, you know, she's kind of trapped in this objective that, the, that she's created for herself. Um, but she's not really sure if it's the, if it's the ma- if it's the boy that she once loved or not. And after sort of following him home one day, and then he walks into a sh- into a into a shrine where they, you know, first had their first like romantic meeting. Um, sh- you know, it's revealed that it is him, but that he's not the same person, or so he says that he used to be. And so, a lot for a lot of this portion of the show, she sort of grapples with the fact that, oh. You know, maybe I maybe I don't like who the new Ko has become. Like, maybe I don't like who he is now. I want the old Ko. And there was one point where she's kind of clinging to 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 her past memories of him, and right. he, he he says to her, you know, don't call me Tanaka. Call me what is his name, Ma- Mabuchi or something. Mabuchi. He changed he changed his name to his mother's last name. Uh, and the reason the the initial reason he gives for why he's changed so much, or like why he seems to be different, or why he left, I guess, school in the first place, is that his parents split up. Right. That's the that's the reason he gives. And that's not uh, true. We come to find later that's not the case. Anyway, but um, he he says, "Don't call me Tanaka." Yeah, and he tells her to stop looking yeah. for the old him. And she says, "I." But if and she you know sort of says to herself if I stop calling him Tanaka then I'll have nothing of the old co of the old you know the old co left like without that name there's nothing left of him because he's so different mm-hmm. and I thought that was kind of an interesting an interesting thought yeah and uh, through through her changes or through her I guess uh, conflict her personal conflict and wondering how she is to approach this situation with Ko and how she's supposed to, like if she's supposed to change herself for him or if she should and whether or not she has feelings for him. She does end up ditching her more superficial friends that she's made through becoming kind of this tomboy character, uh, as likable as that character may be. Uh, And she ends up making friends with a girl named Yudi who is somewhat disliked for kind of the same reason that she was disliked in junior high school. She's kind of cutesy pootsy and um it, it, she doesn't seem to be liked by a lot of boys per se but she does have that kind of super ganky like moe girl thing going on where she talks in a high-pitched voice and she's super cute but you know when when uh when futaba learns that she eats lunch alone outside every single day you know she she sad. understands yeah it's pretty sad and something's wrong so she befriends this girl Sounds and like learn in high school yeah, learn. <laughs> were were you alone, Kazuo? I had no friends in high school <laughs> at all. Re- really? Yeah. I don't, I don't, Is that really true? That's very true. You that surprises me. Such a wow. likable guy. Even even I had friends, and I was a loser. Nope, nope. I I had uh, I had one friend, but he was like in different classes and stuff. And then I tried oh, to hang okay. out with like I tried to hang out with the nerdy kids, but they didn't and like. And you me. slept with his sister, didn't you? Oh my god. No, no. Of I thought I thought I you were going to say your one friend was your hand. My <laughs> God, I had one imaginary friend. I had one friend. It was my ducky makuda. <laughs> I, I went to a very bad high school, so I didn't really want to make oh, friends anyway. Um, but yeah, so she once she makes friends with this Yudi character, she kind of uh, Futaba kind of learns that 
Yudi is just who she is. She's not putting it on. She's not, you know, she, everyone acts the way they act for different reasons. And some people put it on, some people don't. But with Yudi, there's like an honesty to her cute, cutesy bootsiness. <laughs> so they, they become kind of fast friends. And, and then, then also you would get, we're getting into themes of like, be yourself, you know, you don't change for people, be yourself. Um, which uh, again, I think starts becoming confused in this whole like personal conflict section with Futaba because she, she kind of approaches the idea of changing for Ko. And that's kind of a central conflict for her character is that she is going to change for him. She is going to be the person that she used to be that so that he will like her again. And that's never really wrapped up. Like she never has any grand revelation that's like, oh my God, I just need to be myself. What? Why am I trying to change? Why am I trying to be something specific? I just need to be, you know? Um, she never has that because the tragedy porn portion of the like the last chunk of the show kind yeah. of takes like it kind of hijacks the narrative and kind of hijacks the themes a little bit and it ends up becoming Ko's show it becomes about like why did Ko become so dickish yeah. oh well actually his mom died well so yeah that's that tragedy portion is literally the last two episodes that's it yeah like, so it, yeah. I mean they really wait to like the last minute to be like oh by the way here's the whole reason why he's been a dick the entire Ex show Exactly. And it I don't feel I don't feel like it really like absolves him of his dickishness because before when it's like, oh, his parents got divorced, so that's why he's a dick. I'm like, well, I don't feel inclined to forgive him for being a dick. I would have no patience for that. And then when I find out his mom dies, I'm like, okay, I feel a little bit more sympathy, but you know, you're still a dick, man. <laughs> like He really is a dick. And the things he does to poor what's her name? Futaba, I mean, like he will what does he do? He just like uh, he fake rapes her. How about that one? Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, you okay. like that? He doesn't. Well, he yeah, he, he does. He, he rolls, yes, he does. Yes, he rolls he does. over on top of her and then pins her down. Pins and her down. Hold, and, holds her down and says, "This is what could happen to you if you let your guard down around people and like flicks her on the forehead and all this kind of stuff and pretends like he's going to kiss her against her will, which is not really against her will, but still, it's okay. okay I mean, it's okay, super okay. obvious rape imagery. All right, <laughs> like, all right, all right, Cram. I know that you. I know that you. I know that you go crazy with the rape stuff." But I don't go crazy with the rape stuff only when it's worth going crazy well, over and I'm not a huge fan of fake rape. Well, I will I just want to say that that one she wasn't a, she wasn't she wasn't afraid of what was happening. And two, he did it to teach to illustrate to her why she shouldn't go walking around hanging out in those bad areas. I mean, I I took it as a sign that he was you know, that he was caring about her, not that he was like trying to be a dick and act like he was raping her. Yeah. I guess I just don't know why she needs him to teach her a lesson about I, that. I'll, why does he, why does he have to be the one to say you shouldn't do these things because this is what could happen to you and then proceeds to pretend to rape well, her? All he did was roll over on her and pin her arms down. He didn't like rip her her, her shirt open and like grab her breasts or anything. I mean, he could have No, but it's, it's still it's like pretty light. I, I cringed so hard okay. I popped a blood vessel. It's fine. Um he does a lot of dick things. Like he knows that Futaba likes him. It's really obvious that he knows. Yeah, well she tells um, him. And he just goes out of his way to, you know, he'll do things like like stroke her face and wipe a tear away from her eye, or or hug her, hold her, hold her to him and hug yeah. her, and like you know, and then it's always followed by some like cold remark that acts like you know the moment meant nothing. And I feel like throughout the course of the show, he just is tormenting this poor girl. Like I mean, it's so obvious that she wants to be with him, and and yet, like for example. About halfway through the show, they were they were turning in some papers that they had to that they had to do for this uh, teacher assignment, and 
she says, I will, tear, I'll, I'll take the papers, you know, you go ahead without me, and, and you go home. So she goes and does that, and, he, and yet he's waiting for her at the, at the shoe lockers. You know, like he could have left, but he doesn't, so he's playing with her heart. And he's like, you know, oh, you know, I, 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 I wanted to wait for you. It was the right thing to do. You know, then they walk, and they're like holding hands all the way to the train station or whatever. It's just the, the the whole. I feel like they're date. I feel like they're they're in date dating mode the whole show. But he never really allows her to feel like they're a couple. Right. Yeah. Of course. He's he's holding them back for, so like he his whole thing. Like he he basically spells out his entire motivation when he's playing with that little cat. That little the little um the the the, yeah, the cat with the sock, one sock on yeah the yeah the homeless cat the one one sock cat. Uh, that's like apparently the mascot of the show. I guess I don't know. It's it, it's yeah. in all the like title sequences. Yeah, but you only see it twice. Ma- ma- yeah, exactly. Ma- but ma- like he's she Futaba asks him like he says, "Oh, this cat's getting thinner since the last time we saw it. It probably doesn't have a home. It's probably not getting enough to f- enough food. It's not getting enough to eat." Futaba says, "Well, why don't you take it home and take care of it?" And he says, "No." Taking care of stuff only leads to problems. If you start to care for something, then you're going to lose it. And when you lose it, you're going to feel sad or something like so like his whole thing is he doesn't want to get close to anyone or anything because of his mom dying. And he felt like such terrible loss with her and kind of felt like responsible for it in some ways because his brother and father weren't around either. It was just him dealing with it and talking to the doctors and stuff as she's dying. So like he he spells that stuff out and we we get that like we we get that that's where he's coming from but I don't think that his I don't think we don't of course we don't get any closure with the character because the end of the the series ends with basically like there's totally going to be more of this cuz look at these random characters that we just introduced in the second to last episode. So I mean right. no nobody really gets closure. Uh Co probably the most of everyone gets the most closure, but Futaba definitely doesn't. Like her whole thing about changing no. for people or not changing for people, no closure at all. Um, and then the other characters, like Murao, the the really dark girl, and you know the guy that's kind of obsessed with her. And then, I wanted like, more of that relationship. I wanted I wanted to see more of the taboo relationship. Oh, with see her that, and the teacher, much more. Yeah, that was interesting. So because Ko's older brother is a, a teacher at his high school, and Murao, one of the the Ko like classroom representatives, because the five main characters are all classroom representatives together. I talked about this when I did my impression back, you know, a few months ago. Um, but yeah, she has a crush on on Ko's older brother, which is totally taboo. But then there's another guy who has a crush on her, and he's talking shit to the teacher, like "Don't lead her on, don't tell her things that she wants to hear." Yeah, he said, and, "Don't." don't he said, uh, "Don't do something that will end up breaking her heart." And then the teacher said something like, "Oh, so it's okay as long as I don't break her heart." And I was like, "Whoa, yeah. dude, uh, you probably should not be saying that. You are a teacher." I think she's exactly. She's she's a little more than crushing on him. I mean, she basically full out full out says, "You know, I'm in love with." With, oh, yeah, with yeah. Tanaka like Sensei. The, the, the concept of, I mean, this is a very important trope or concept within the shoujo genre is the kokuhaku, the, the confession. So, you know, I the confessions happen, you know, at various points throughout the show where she confesses her love to the teacher and then Futaba confesses her love to, uh, which... To be honest, I think Futaba and Ko kind of confessed their love several times throughout the show well, in various ways. Yeah, because I mean they were they originally had done it when they were in middle school. Like they were there was an understanding there. And so when they came back in high school, it was just kind of like a, are we still 
you know, do we still feel the same way about each other? Because they had already yeah. confirmed that they did back in the day. How do you feel about the scene where, and I thought this was one of the best scenes in the anime, was in episode seven where she is trying, she's grappling with the, Futaba is grappling with the decision on whether or not to tell Yudi about how she is in love with Cole. And, you know, what it'll mean for her friendship with, with Yudi. And she's and they're getting onto the train at the train station. And she's standing on the platform. And oh, Co- yeah. Cole has already boarded the train. And she makes the decision that, you know, mentally, that if he stays on the train and, and leaves her, that well, she will give up on him forever. Well, she tells him that she left something back at school. Right. So that's why he, she's like, I'm going to go back to the school. And, right. And, and as you were saying, if he stays on the train. If he stays on the train and leaves without me... I'll give up on him forever, but if he gets off the train and stays and, you know, stays with me of his own accord, then then I will love him, you know, unconditionally or whatever. And I, 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 thought, I don't know. I mean, it was very uh, Biosoku 5 centimeters in that, in that scene, but, like, I really liked the scene. I thought that was one of the most, like, tense and uh, interesting moments of the whole show. Yeah. I thought that yeah, I I agree. I think the tension there was really good, and I like how she doesn't just do that once. That's kind of a a thing with her is that she sets up these little like micro games where uh, it it's kind of like a um what's the what's the thing that they say when you pull the pull the petals off of a flower? He loves me, he loves me not kind right, of thing. Right, right, right. It, it's kind of a childish game. She does this a couple of times throughout the show where she sets up these scenarios in her mind where she says, okay, if this happens, I'm going to do this. It will make my decision for me. It's like flipping a coin, you know, right. um, because she's indecisive. She can't make her own decisions. And then when he steps off the train and he's right there in front of her, it's, you know, she's made her decision already. Uh, yeah. I, th- I thought the stuff like that was really good. And like I, we're talking, I feel like it, I feel like this review is sounding like we're being negative about the show and no, talking I don't think about. So. Yeah, I mean, because I'm just like being factual about it. Yeah, all of these kind of soap operatic, if you want to call them soap operatic, uh, plot points and things. All of this kind of strangely comes together in in a show that I feel is compelling. Like I feel like the show is actually not not bad at all. Like I think it's really easy to watch and. I do kind of like the character interactions, although I don't love all the characters. I don't know. There's just something about the show that I think works uh, from beginning to end, even though, you know, character arcs are not completed and plot points are kind of set up and not finished and the themes get a little bit confused and it's really obviously set up for a second season that we may or may not even get because there's I don't think there's been any announcement of a second season as of yet. Not that I know of. Uh, the I know the manga is ongoing, um, so it doesn't really feel complete, and it does have those kind of problems. But you know, that said, it's a it's an easy twelve episodes to watch. I I enjoyed my time with the show. There were some things that I didn't like that I didn't like about it. Um, mostly, I like the anime. I thought the first three episodes were very strong, very strong. Yeah. Um, I was pretty uh, I was pretty sold after the first after the second episode. It had a it had, it felt like they were accomplishing a lot in a short period of time, and I appreciated that. Um, the things some of the things I don't like about the show are one, how predictable it is. the The way that they make the events in the show play are is just ridiculous. I mean, I, it it projects itself like a you know it projects every, every everything this show does is projected like a three hundred pound gorilla throws a punch. You know, I mean. For, yeah. exa- for example, Yudi is trapped in the middle of the river on that rock, and Cole goes over to help her. Well, I knew right then and there that she was going to fall in love with him. There was no doubt in my mind. 
Not yeah. even for a minute did I think not think that. And then and then Futaba slips and twists her ankle on the rock at crossing the river. And as soon as she did that, I knew, I instantly knew, there was absolutely no doubt that he, that he would carry her all the way back to wherever they were going. And that's just another opportunity for her, for him to torment her, you know, and let her feel special in that moment. And she even said, you know, oh, he lets me, I feel this is great because I feel like he's allowing me to be here or whatever. And a lot of the events of the show are very coincidental, like, oh, I just happened to run into this person in this place. You know, we're in... We're in the middle of like Shibuya Station, and I just happened to run into Cole. You know, yeah. Th- there's yeah. there's a lot of really <laughs> convenient things that happen like that. Um, the other thing, the other things I don't like about this, and this is this happens with so many different shows, is I just don't like how the show just screws with the viewer. Like, first of all, the anime doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, you know, in terms of, in terms of the relationships, they make very. I mean, they make some progress, but but really, <coughs> after like maybe the fifth episode, they're making very little progress. I think. And baby steps. Baby, ba- little, little tiny baby steps. Very babies, yeah, very tiny, and not like that baby in uh, Kaguya Hime, because that baby makes some damn good steps. <laughs> um, but they, they just screw with the viewer. Like there was probably five, six, seven, eight different instances where I thought that they were gonna kiss, and it never, you know, it doesn't happen the way I want it to, um, and that kind of thing just kind of drives me nuts, you know. And that's why I appreciate. Um, I, I know that they do eventually get the kiss. I think in the at the, at the end of Community Doke, I really appreciate anime like like Paradise Kiss and Nana, where they have like mature relationships where they're having sex and you know making out and being adults, or even his inner circumstances where they're where they're children, but they manage to have to kiss by like the fourth episode, you know. Um, so it I, just drives I, me crazy. I, what, like I kind of, I kind of came to a realization similar to what you're talking to right now. I came to a realization watching the show, in that I think that it is a show that is so, so I, I guess um, perfectly modified or perfectly tuned to the audience that it's aiming for, uh, which would be like young people, like young junior high school and high school aged people uh, watching the show, uh, that. I, I don't think I can relate to it. Like I didn't re- I didn't really relate to any of the characters in any significant way. I enjoyed watching them do things. Um, but much like real high schoolers, they irritated the shit out of me. They just full stop. They irritated the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it, not to say that I didn't kind of enjoy watching them interact. It's not like I had problems with their character, so to speak, in like a writing sense. Um, but yeah, they they were realistic high schoolers because I was irritated at them most <laughs> of the time, and their inaction, like this kind of insecurity induced inaction, and all that kind of stuff that goes along with being a high schooler and doing the are we or aren't we in love, and are we or aren't we going to kiss and make this official and all that kind of thing. Like, yeah, I I get that, um, yeah. but I I don't particularly like that so much. I had no problems with any of the side characters. I mean, not that I can think of. I thought they were all, you know pretty good that my main problems and the more I think about it the more it irritates me are the two main characters you know just the fact that this girl is like she has no she's she's so like insecure and weak that she she just fawns over this guy who's just a complete a-hole you know um it's it just and and the fact that it never goes anywhere I mean like in the final episode you kind of get some closure but but nothing really I mean it, it's it's just it's kind of like I don't know if you watched Nozaki-kun, Cram, but it's like Nozaki-kun, just there's no comedy, and instead of the guy just being oblivious, he's a jerk. 
That's basically what the show well, is. Well, see, this yeah. is see when you guys are talking about Nozaki Kun and calling Nozaki Kun a romance anime, that this is a romance anime where the romance is the is the crux of the show. I for Nozaki Kun, I thought Nozaki Kun was a comedy with a splash of romance, where the comedy was the crux of the show in Nozaki Kun. But I'm just pissed because. I feel like I waste my time when I watch an anime like this. Yeah, so you know? do I. I also, and I just don't like how, I, almost like it sets a bad example for young girls because this show is aimed at young girls, of I course. I think so, yeah. And it's just like you're basically telling them that it's okay to be to continue to go after and to fawn over some jerk. It's like, what? Why would you want to encourage that behavior? That's yeah, it's like it's like the it's this idea that if you put up with his his emotional and verbal abuse that somehow you can fix him um and that maybe the best way to approach that is by changing yourself for him. Um I I think there are a lot of problems with that message and I do think that show kind of propagates that uh, in in you know, more than one way. It doesn't ever really provide any kind of closure to that message or any kind of like I said before there's no revelation Futaba doesn't you know have any kind of revelation where she says if I'm myself then you know I, I whether or not this works out it doesn't matter because I haven't changed myself for anyone I have become I have been myself and I have kept myself happy by doing what I want to do no matter what and making the decisions that I want to make for me and not for anyone else uh, she never she never gets that moment, and I think that's really, really necessary, especially with the way that she's set up with, you know, her whole character is about changing herself. That's what she's done. That's what we know about her from the from the outset is that she was this one way and then someone important to her left and she became another way. And now that person comes back and she's contemplating changing herself again to make that person like her. That's that's everything to her character. And we never get any finality or any closure to that. She's a chameleon. Um. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to score it. Um, believe it or not, this is one of my favorite genres. I like romance anime generally. Um, I liked Omigami SS. I liked um, I liked Golden Time. Um, I do like these types of shows. I don't, don't I don't like it when they jerk around and, you know, just feel like god, I hate like in in the most in the most critical of moments when when you're at the end of the show and you're and two people are sitting together in the dark on the bank of a river. They just had an emotional moment, and they're going in for the kiss. And then, what hap- What could possibly? What could possibly disrupt the moment that could prevent the kiss from happening? Oh, her stomach growled. Oh, three and a half out of five. Because three I, and a half. Because I like romance, not because of what the show accomplished. Man, that's so interesting. I don't feel like you liked it as much as me, but I certainly liked this better than Golden Time. Um, I did not. Even with the problems that I have with it and how I feel it, like it's kind of shamelessly setting up what may or may not even come afterward, and I don't even know if I'll watch that, I did enjoy it. I found it compelling. I liked watching the characters do their thing, and I kind of, as strange as the sounds, I liked being irritated by them. <laughs> I liked being irritated by their insecurities and their inaction and all that kind of stuff because that's all, it's part and parcel of this genre, and sometimes it's done well and sometimes it's done not so well and i think that it works in this case you're just a masochist <laughs> um so i would i would say that i liked the show um i i'm probably going to give it three out of five yeah i um you know i mentioned kind of my gripes with it as far as how it um the, the image it kind of portrays for young girls um also the fact that it never really had any kind of conclusion to it like you know you never um I felt like they were just constantly teasing you the entire show. Um, I didn't 
hate watching it. It wasn't hard for me to watch. I kind of just, you know, got through it. Um, and I did like some of the characters. I'm going to give this... God, this is tough. A three... Three out of five. Yeah, three out of five. Okay. So it gets a three then. I think that's uh, probably a fair score for the anime. I mean... I think that it just needed to accomplish a little more. Maybe if they get, maybe if it had a second season, it, it could, it could, it could, you know, wrap some of the things up that, that it sort of left hanging. But I mean, I don't think it needed to. It doesn't. It doesn't have to have twenty-four episodes to accomplish that. Like they should have been able to do it in the first twelve episodes. I think. Um, like they wasted an awful lot of time with that stupid camp. They were there for like three episodes or whatever. So. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I, speaking about last week, I was supposed to be on last week to review Captain Earth. I heard that Chiaki tore it a new one. Oh, oh, Bur- we both burned did. to the ground. Wow, yeah, I would have. You know, I, I have to admit, I listened to the review, and um, I'm just gonna say, if I was there to actually review the show that I picked, I would have fought for that too. I would have fought for a two out of five. <laughs> I would have. Two. I would have fought for the two. Is it really worth? <laughs> <laughs> what What did you guys give it? A one. One. Yeah. Chuck no, hated that. No, show. you guys just you didn't talk about some of the stuff that Dude. I thought was so cool about the show. Like, like there's what? no CG. Like it's all like traditionally yeah. animated. But that's you know neither here nor there. One out of five. God, is it was so bad. Oh, it was painful. I yeah. I commented that I would rather stare at a blank computer screen than have that on my computer screen. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yeah, uh, I've kind of felt the same way until a big robot showed up, and then I was like, "Yay!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, this show is uh, "Oh How to Ride" is definitely much, much, much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just had I just had to throw my two cents on Captain Earth there. Well, next week we are reviewing Sp- Space Dundee. Space we Dundee. are. Yeah, Yeah. so um, I know that Chiaki has been busily watching her space dandy, so um, we, w- we will have you on again next week, correct, Cram? That's right. I'm sure you're not going to want to yeah. miss the space dandy review. Oh, no, I won't miss so, it. All right, guys. Well, it's been a lot of fun podcasting with you. I'm glad that we got all the tech stuff sorted out. I'll have to get the clip off of... Uh, off of YouTube and hope it's not too terrible. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> the first half an hour or whatever. But, um, okay, so, um, again, you can find us on our website, www.aaapodcast.com. We're also on iTunes and Facebook. You can tweet us at aaapodcast and at aaaakazuo. And um, we're, we're, what are your Twitters again, uh, Cram? Uh, you can find my personal one at Dusty Cram Cram and my podcast at Popcorn Poops. Okay, so check those out. And, of course, we'll see you next week. So say goodbye, guys. Peace. I love you all.